a limited minus one wise guy roundtable, shifting gears, trying to break out of his cold streak. To my left, AJ Hoffman. To won my, my best bet last week. Uh, come on. To my right, <laughs> Steve Fezzik. No more Herbert. We'll call. I don't want to call myself Mr. Perfect, but perfect last week, pretty much. Let's be candid. I'm R.J. Bell. We got Scott Seidenberg. He something about there were some total best bets somewhere. He went off for the week, right? What is he back in New York? He's in Florida. Florida. Uh, uh, not doing us any good in Florida, is he? No good. But he's recorded his his he's best got his bet. picks. Huh? Yeah. All right. If they agree with mine, we might play him. They do. Oh right. well, imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we we got a, a big show planned here. We've done only four games. We're going to zero in. And here's what we're going to do with the picks. We're going to have one best bet on a side. All right, me, AJ, Fez, and Scott. And then we're going to have a second bet that can be a second side, a total, or a prominent derivative, meaning a halftime total. Uh, a, a team total. We don't want like a, a a total at halftime if it's blue in the sky. You know, it, we're not going to get too nuanced or, or too... Um, Hunts versus third down conversions. Yes, no props <laughs> like that. No, you can throw them out for free. <laughs> and then one opinion and one pass. Everyone loves their pass. That's the game, what they like the best. Because they can't be wrong. But you can't be right either. It's true. That's true. By the way, what's your record look like now? You said you fit, so you lost your. What was your best bet? Something the same I San had. San Francisco. Right? All right, and no, I, I had an opinion on that. Boy, you were down at halftime in that game. I was down at halftime. Now, but uh, I uh, up to fourteen and five on best bets for the season. As that's great. As you guys are, you know, some of you guys don't listen to what we do on Mondays. Uh, we take Monday. It's released Tuesday. If you want to hear AJ backtracking equivocating <laughs> like an mf or as they say listen to the beginning of monday's show based on my energy at the end of this one we might kind of reprise it and do a little more of it i just lost i gotta be honest with you there's been a lot of there's been a lot of people starting to question herbert like smart people have you heard that i haven't heard much of it really no what do you do listen to like the herbert family channel no, maybe that's what i'm on <laughs> I mean, Fez, you've heard this, haven't you? I haven't. It's the coach that's getting all the, the blame in this one. Wow. See, I've heard a lot of people really? talking about, like, he won't throw downfield. I, I, He's so afraid of mistakes. I, I agree with that. He, he he got Joey in the belly in that game. Yeah, he's, he sca he's scared. I mean, yes. who wants a scared quarterback? Exactly. You like a scared quarterback. I just like Justin Herbert. Even though he's He's got scared. some flaws. He's not the perfect quarterback. How many rushing TDs do you think he has this year? I mean, he's mobile. He is actually pretty. Much. I would guess three or four. Zero. Negatory. Oh wow! You know what is over? He's under afraid. He's, I would have thought just. This, I this, thought this, this, this is an excellent line. point. Yeah, he's scared. This is. I don't want to like call anyone under the bus, but like Herbert. Call anyone under the bus. Call and say move the bus. They're is coming? pussies. So like the over under play in a playoff game for Herbert seven and a half rush yards. So he's. I mean seven and a half. One one sizable rush and he goes over. And those and if you think about it, those are high leverage spots. I mean, contrast that with Josh Allen. He's in the 40s. I mean, even Mr. Daniel Jones. Yeah. So I'm confused. Why, why wouldn't he run? Wimp. Yeah, he's a little soft, I think. I guess Lawrence so. is the same way. Lawrence oh, has his, good wheels. You see him take his helmet off so his hair could flow when he was yeah, celebrating? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm surprised you don't like Lawrence, too. I do like him. Oh, there I figured. Go. I figured. You like soft. Remember how we were going to start the podcast? 
AJ Hoffman's top five quarterbacks. Number five. Very All right, that's a good point. We got to do that. Then we'll get into the games. All right, so you got that prepared? I do. Did you have any help from anyone? What do you mean? Like, did you say Mackenzie researched it? Anything like that? No. No. All right, so number five. Number five was Trevor Lawrence. Trevor. So you're saying that? Let's be clear. What are you? What is this list? You said if we were redrafting the league. All right, so this is redrafting the league. So it doesn't have, have to be quarterbacks, right? But compensation think, irrelevant. They're all getting paid the same. No, that's not. No, what I actually said oh. contract as it exists. Oh, okay. okay. You said contract and age do exist. You have to take it's into reality. It re- reality. Yeah, you get what you've got. All right, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence ahead. was five. Joe Burrow was four. Justin Herbert was three. <laughs> Josh Allen was two. And Patrick Mahomes was one. Okay. So I, I, I don't think you can really debate Mahomes. I would say right now, 85% of smart people would take Burrow over Herbert. What is Make the case in 30 seconds that makes any sense. I think Justin Herbert long term is going to be more durable than Joe Burrow. Except we haven't really seen that, have we? Burrow had, first of all, when you have a knee injury that blows out your knee, it's not a. It's not a like you're not tough. It's not you know. So he happened to get his knee bent back. He right? happened he to get his appendectomy. Well, like he's well, like he's a broken he, man. Well, well, hold on a second. He's soft. Justin Herbert would have just he would have just cut it out himself in the locker room and played. Really? No. You know. You, you realize Burrow can retire and he's going to have more Super Bowls than Herbert. He's got zero Super Bowls. Huh? He got appearance. He has an oh. AFC championship. Okay. I mean, so, I mean, let's yeah. just say this. He's got four playoff wins. Herbert has zero. Yeah. And maybe we should say four and counting. Now, let's be clear. Did Herbert and Burrow get drafted the same year? Yeah. Yes. So their contracts are effectively the same. Mm-hmm. So you're saying the only thing is you got one guy with four playoff wins with a worse coach. Mm, no, no, a worse coach. I, I, you can't say the Staley is, I mean. I mean, he's Herbert's on his second coach. Oh, well, yeah, and, he, he, and he's better. He just got an, another well, he's, he's, offensive he's a coordinator coach just got he's fired. A coach, he's a coach killer. Oh, he's God. an OC killer. Like, think about it. how many coordinators got fired from Tom Brady? None. How about Joe Burrow? None. How about I, Herbert? I don't think you can ignore the fact that LSU, by many, is ranked like one of the top three um, national championships of all time. LSU is not is is not a top five of all time team, so except when Burrow's the quarterback. Burrow, uh, you yeah, know how many first true. round picks they had on that team? Yeah, how'd what? they do how after many? he left? Yeah. Like, how's Jamar Chase doing in the NFL? Wait, you don't, well, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I mean, they fell off a cliff without you, him. If you can't see the logic of what he's saying, you're you're just in la-la land. What he's saying is LSU is maybe the sixth or seventh best college team of the last 10 years. Okay, I think that's fair yeah. to say. I mean, Clemson's surely above them. Alabama's surely above them. Ohio State's surely above them. So fifth, sixth, seventh. Okay. But they have maybe, by most accounts, the best team in college football history. And it's Joe Burrow was the quarterback. The year before, Joe Burrow was the starting quarterback. Well, he was the quarterback the year before. The year before that, they were what? Nothing special. The year after that, they were bad. And the year where he culminates his greatness, they're the best team ever. Magically, all these other co all of these other co-workers are tremendous. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then these you, other co-workers named Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. You got Matt Stafford. <laughs> you got Matt Stafford. Oh, like Alabama doesn't have great players and all these other well, teams. Well, these are really great players. Well, but, but so so yeah. is a high states receiver. Yeah. So is that's Alabama. a good point. Yeah. I mean, I mean and let's be candid. And, and and let's think about this a second. The most amazing thing about Burrow. Is he went into one of the losing, the most losing organizations in all of sports? Hey, it's true. 
I mean, they still talk about, I remember when Ken Anderson started in 81. It was cold. Who's talking about 81? 27-7. Kick the Chargers' ass. Uh, There you go. The the reality is that even Matt Stafford, someone you also loved for some reason, Mm -hmm. oh, he can't win because Detroit's no good. The Ford family doesn't want to win. And then lo and behold, Burrow comes in a place where they don't even have an outdoor, indoor facility and somehow just says, culture's different, boys, I'm here. What was the season win? Like six? The year we that went, the we liked under that year. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, they, Burrow's, uh, but you say no, changer. Herbert, who has now at this point proven himself to at least, let's just Charges say have gone under the last two years on their season. Is win. that true? Yeah. They're 10 So they've fallen short of expectation. Yeah, they lost. Remember the year before they, they they played the Raiders in the elimination game where they both needed to tie? They couldn't, couldn't even tie. Couldn't get the tie. Played for, for the win when they came when they needed a tie. Tie was too much to ask. I mean, if you think about it, they over. he wasn't even the starting quarterback the year before. Right? It was until they had to sabotage Tyrod oh. Taylor, remember? <laughs> Shoot him. Yeah. In the, I mean, what? Was there any criminal charges filed? No. Okay. So forget that year, and they didn't make the playoffs. They got a coach fired. The great emergence of a new quarterback got the coach fired. The next year, I like Herbert. I'm going to bet big money on the over. Loser. Okay, last year was an aberration. I'm betting over this year. Loser. I mean, what has he ever done? You know they're going to bet him again this year. They're going to play the Chargers. You were on him, too, I think. He's a loser. And now okay. you got Joe Burrow. Who has exceeded every expectation? And you're like, I like Burrow. Everyone's like, look behind at, her. Look at that Bengal strength of schedule. They're they're, they're so gonna like the be lucky to make the playoffs. Guy third and fourth. We're spending ten minutes on this. That seems like a, it seems like a manifestation of your bias. Okay, I, I do think Bur- I'm biased. You you tell me every week how biased I, I'm I have biased. Burrow okay. second, and I have Herbert four, and I have Josh Allen three. But I I, that's but, but, I like that. But I, I have Allen's a question mark. At this but I point. would I think there's a big separation between Burrow and Allen right now. When I say big. Like, but it's material. It's, it's like, material. It's like it's like I really I trade up to get the number two pick. You would trade assets to avoid Josh Allen for Joe Burrow. Yes, but there, but you fall off a cliff after Herbert because now you like you're, you're taking Trevor. Herbert, I'm, ta- I'm taking Hertz five. I mean, I, yeah, I got, he's got a lot of Philly haters. I mean, but, but I got but, but I don't want the five. The five picks is horrendous in this. There's no good five pick. So like like uh, Watson, were, were I mean obviously played two, poorly. Uh, Big qu- concussions. Well, two might not ever play another snap exactly. in the NFL. Exactly. But but I mean let's think about who else is viable. Lamar though he's got no contract. Wow, I mean Fields. No, are, are we limited to quarterbacks? Say no, yeah. we're not limited to quarterbacks. So Justin Jefferson, maybe Aaron Donald, maybe Nick Bosa, maybe. Uh, first of all, Donald is too old. I mean he's ready to retire. Bo- Bosa. He's healthy for three you know, games. Mackenzie brings up a great point. Justin Jefferson is is like he he is uh, like a Megatron right now. He's like the one guy that's he's worth the point and a half. Is Justin Jefferson that much different than Jamar Chase though? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't agree think with so that necessarily. I, I I think it's the offense. I think it's how much they that's throw. I, I I would say this is in the last five or three years. I've heard people make passionate cases about Tyreek Hill being the best receiver. To this moment, we were to, he was on pace to break the all time record. Hell, Have, I bet Justin Jefferson lost when you had Tyreek Hill. Yeah, <laughs> so that's great. All right, so, but that was when Jefferson. It was the second game of his career. You knew he was going to be good. Yeah. But 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 here's the thing is, and you also would say. You know, uh, you know, formerly of Aaron Rodgers and now of the Raiders, it, Adams. Yeah, yeah, Adams is in a situation where he has been considered the best. So I don't know how someone Jefferson could be in the top five of all players if we're not even sure who the best receiver is. 
right? Because Chase is another one you could make the K. Yeah. I, think that's, I think you have to take a – if you've got the fifth pick and you're trying to build a franchise and you don't take a quarterback, you're, you're probably not – Great for the long term. And, and here's how I think you're right. Well, first, you know, obviously in theory in this universe would be another quarterback available. But I think here's how you're right. The best quarterbacks with an average backup are seven points. The best receivers with an average backup, you're saying, you know, I think it could be, it may be a point and a half. Well, that's the most anyone's ever been, right? That's an on quarterback yeah. since the running since this century, let's say, right? Yeah. So how now the question is, well, what is a point and a half in a quarterback? Well, I was thinking versus average, like Trevor Lawrence might be a point better than average. Justin Jefferson's a point and a half. Mackenzie, is this an NBA podcast? No. But Mackenzie brings up a great no, point. I think he's being a horrible No, point, I think it's a great point ahead. because ahead. We're, we're, we're saying, oh, Trevor Lawrence is only like one point better I don't than, agree than with an that, average though. quarterback. But he's four and a half better than like the, 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 the scum of the earth that you're going to have to pick up off the garbage heap if you don't have a quarterback. Well, but in this universe, the assumption is you'd get a quarterback in the second round, which uh, let's assume that, that most, let's say two-thirds of the teams in this exercise take a quarterback in the first round. So you'd be getting like the 25th quarterback if you had the first quarterback pick of the second And you round. can't win if you've got the 25th quarterback. I think that's true. But let me, let me throw this out. I'm mentioning all these other players. Maybe Mr. Purdy is worthy of being the fifth pick. Well, that might be a good segue. You think, you think that if you could take either one going forward, Trevor Lawrence or, or Brock Purdy, you would take Brock Purdy? No, but it's a discussion. It's a worthy It's, it's a good it's segue a worthy good discussion. In, into the game. All right. There you go. And we'll, and we'll start with how good Purdy is. But first, this is something we're going to do a little different. In the, let me think. you got the Bills you're going to be biased against, but thank God the Chargers are out because it takes winning to get to this mm-hmm. point. But he's biased in favor of. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I would have loved to see the Chargers and the Bills play, but that would have required the Chargers to win. So I yeah. guess we'll never see it in the playoffs. <laughs> but we'll see. Maybe one day. They would have had to beat in Kansas City. How's this sound? If I said to you, I want to make you a major bet, let's just say, you know, not too much, like 10000 If I wanted to bet most playoff wins, all right, Herbert or the Bengals quarterback. Burrow. I know his name. I don't <laughs> – I get bored Why saying say it. I, well, because I want to be very clear that he's on the Bengals. Okay. One of the most losing organizations ever. In the past. Yeah, historically, yes. No longer. I think we, well, we, have, sur- we have surpassed. It's, ama- it's amazing if one player could do that. It seems like yeah. he should rank above a loser. But anyway, let's just say it like I, this. What did Justin Herbert do to you? I just don't like the love of just tools. I think it's 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 very it's very simple minded. Like, look, he's big, he's good. You're kind of like the. Um, <laughs> it, what, what would your five be like after Mahomes? Like, who who else? You're, do you you're going like? to agree with our top four. I mean, you got you got to put Herb's. Four, I'm not sure about is, Herbert. I mean, you got to put sure. you got to put Lawrence Smith. You got nobody left. I'm not sure about Lawrence. I, find, I know I, you are I, I actually am more down on Lawrence than I thought I'd be at this point of the year. I mean, meaning I expected a second year, any good player at quarterback really emerges if you look at this year he had eight nine games that were bad and and the game that mattered the most the tennessee the last game, two yeah he did not win that game the defense the defense got the, the you know the, the the score that won that game and this was the point i was going to make on monday show but i didn't have time because of all the you know, harassing of aj is i was going to make the point remember big ben the game against the Browns in the playoffs. So it wasn't his last year, which he ended again in the playoffs against Kansas City, but it was the year before, right? And the Steelers started 11-0, and then they got cold. They had that win in week last week of the year against the Browns, and then they played again. Browns got out to a huge lead. Big Ben fought back like a warrior, just 
kept fighting, fighting, blows, blood, futility, didn't matter. He kept moving ahead, and they lost. But he had 500 or so yards passing. If Herbert could have just put up like, I don't know, 10 points, somehow get 10 in the second half, Lawrence would be looked the same way. Great effort against the prevent defense. No big, I mean, you know, it's nice to your stats, padding them, but Herbert won. He couldn't even get, and this whole love of Lawrence would have been, it's like, it wouldn't even be love. It'd be like, hey, he gave the game away, and then he fought back, but really it was futile the whole time. But Herbert couldn't get 10 points. So in a weird way, loving Lawrence is only there because of Herbert's badness. It's like it's like my coin, my my line. You don't like somebody's got to win. <laughs> that, right? I, just, I, don't, I just don't understand when the rule became: if you haven't won playoff games by year three, you're a bust. It's crazy. I didn't say he's a bust. I'm saying he might be the 12th or 15th best quarterback. And, and, and it's, then who? So after and, and Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow, well, who are you going next? Who's four and five for you? I've got to know this. All right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you after we do 49ers. Okay, let's do that. I want to take a look at some stuff. Mackenzie, can you give me my our QB ratings? And can you can you roll in what we the work we did last night? I mean, a separate sheet of paper. Yes. Yeah, I just want to see this year's numbers with that super secret stat. Cool, cool. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, Brock Purdy, <laughs> Trubisky, Dobbs. All right, I got uh, Sam Howe. I got some choices here. <laughs> okay. I got some choices. All right, Damn. 49ers, Dallas. Now, one of the things we are going to do a little differently here is we want to start where everyone, not everyone else, where the typical average show lead, uh, leaves off. So I'm going to take... 40 seconds at the beginning of these games, lay out what I see as the obvious lay of the land. You guys augment as needed, and, and then we'll get into the special stuff. San Fran, Dallas, line right now is floating between three and a half and four. It's shoppable between those two. We'll be making a pick uh, at the better number of those two. And that, there's two games like that. Buffalo's got five and five and a half. The other ones are, are the same line. We're doing it very fairly. Okay. 49ers red hot, probably the hot. In fact, unquestionably, the hottest team in the league. Bengals. I think 49ers win streak is longer. I would say the way the Bengals played. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, I think. It's I agree cool. with you. 49ers are covering. Bengals yeah. aren't. Yeah. yeah, and they're exceeding yeah. all expectations. Agreed. Purdy, who has went to the point of like doubling the odds, where it was like from seven to one to fourteen to one, right when he became the starter. And my thought was, my God, that's a lot of respect for a third string quarterback. You're like they're done though. I thought they were well you thought so too. I sure. mean we did a little back of the math, said it was what? sixty to one. Yeah, that's what our experience has always been. When it, so he is literally historically surging. Now there's debate about how good he is. Sometimes you see Joe Montana's name mentioned. Other times not so you see Nick Mullen's name. <laughs> So I, we got to figure out where he is in between there. We will. Dallas, you could make the case in the last six weeks, other than last week, has been down, down, down. A lot of doubts. Fez had given up on him. I had given up on him, too. I thought the pass defense had been atrocious. And last week? The Washington you, loss was shocking how bad it was. And even though it was last week of the season, you can debate that. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, in the end... Dallas last week played as well as any team. I would say that Dallas team beats any team in the NFL, clearly, how they played last week. I agree with that. Which one is going to show up? Those are the debates. But let's start with Purdy, then we'll go with our best bets. How good is Purdy? Um, How do we want to quantify this? All right, let's just do it like this. If you were doing the redraft of the whole league, where does Purdy go? 
Where does he go? Does he go 20th? Does he go 50th? Does he go 300th? Remember, he was 240-whatever of the just the players drafted this year. Fez, what do you think? Where's top he? 10. He's one of the top 10 players in the NFL. Well, remember that he's under that rookie contract. And you, yeah. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want Tannehill, you right. know, it's over him. It's four years for a seventh rounder, but they are cheap yeah. years. I mean, yeah, exactly. And I mean, so Tannehill's better, but Tannehill has no ceiling. And Purdy does, you know. Tannehill. Purdy, Why are we bringing up Tannehill? I did just bring him up as a good, um, yeah. good, good, rock solid 10th to 12th best quarterback. He's got a very expensive uh, yeah. contract. Yeah. So, McKenzie, before we get AJ's thoughts on this, we got some stats that kind of speak to Purdy, and I guess I've got those right in front of me now that I think about it, is how, you know, we keep hearing about the 49ers and how magical they are, or specifically Shanahan is. Well, let's think about this. Who has played quarterback for the 49ers under the Shanahan era in the era that wasn't Brock Purdy or wasn't Jimmy G? Nick Mullins, not great. Trey Lance, not Ooh, great. Bad. Young. But not great. Monsoon in Chicago, Bermuda Grass. Bethard, don't even know who that is. <laughs> and Brian Hoyer, who was about 43 at the time. Mm-hmm. All right. Their record, nine and twenty-nine. That's not good. Nine wins, twenty-nine losses straight up. Now, Jimmy G, 42 and 19. That's good. Very good. But all this talk about Shanahan's a maestro, I don't know. He <laughs> is a maestro. In retrospect, we should have bet San Fran not to win the Super Bowl when G went down even more and lost a fortune. Yeah, because coming into that game, the first game of Purdy starting, you would say 9-29 yep. spot. Well, he's 6-0. I can't imagine anyone thinks this is Nick Mullins. Now, is it Jimmy G? So first... You think he's better than Jimmy G, Steve? Obviously, because Jimmy G's not going to be number ten. No, even with the contract. I think, I think, I think this year he's playing better than G. But going forward, he would have to year. only get better. Wait, Jimmy G's getting older and more injury prone, and and Purdy's now going to start his eighth game, his ninth game. How could we question which trend line is sharper? Well, the trend line is going to be over the next three years. If if it was just one year, I'd rather have G. Just one year for next year. Well, what about right now? If you could snap your fingers, I, I want Purdy G because you... Purdy's clicking with everything. You know, okay. it's like so. This is he's like he's like a baseball player that always hits like 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 a rookie comes up and he's hit thirty home runs two thirds of the way in the year. Yeah. He's I, hot. Yeah, he's hot. All right, he's so hot. let's think of the nuance of what Steve's saying because there's some nuance there. One, he's saying you got to consider contract, right? And if you do that, even if Jimmy G and Purdy are the same, Purdy's much more valuable. Number two, you got to consider how hot he is now, which is very hot. Jimmy G's never been this hot ever in his career, right? Though they did go five and zero when he came over here, over to San Fran the first time, but I still don't think he was that hot. Okay, then we got to think about well, what's the trend line? Jimmy G's getting older, and that's mm-hmm. bad. Purdy's getting older, that's good. He's more experienced, <laughs> right? At a certain point, it's good. And and talk about injury prone. Jimmy G, like he sneezes and he throw, throws out a rib. Him and Trey Lance. And so I think that what you're saying is in every way, in fact, there's no way you'd want G- oh, You're saying only for next year. Yes, one year yeah. only. Because, you know, you, you know, I'm a goldfish. That's as far as I forecast out is betting next year. I, I don't bet, like, who's going to win the 2026 Super Bowl. I know, but I, I'm questioning the fact that you're thinking that Purdy with the whole offseason – is not going to grow. Because remember, how much work did he get? Like before this first game, 
that he even was a replacement for, meaning he didn't even know he was going to start yeah. that week. Yeah. How many snaps did he take? Yeah, but it's kind of like the Minshew talk. Remember when everyone was like, oh, Minshew's going to be a starter for like, That's and then they get said. tape. It's true. And then they get tape on him, and then suddenly he's not as good. It doesn't seem to be happening here. No. And, and the playoff seems like when the uh, the pumpkin would arrive or whatever. Okay. Yes. Purdy, where are you going to He can't right? be in the top 10. I, I, we didn't ask what he's not. What is he? Not not a first rounder. I don't know. I, in the fifties, right, maybe. How's this sound? We'll wait until you give. Us I don't. A I don't know an accurate. I don't know where I would take. I I wouldn't take him in the first round. I wouldn't take him in the second round. How about that? So you'd take Geno Smith over him? Yes. Okay. If, so you, it, let me ask you a question. Let me let me play a little game here. If I put all eight rosters, non quarterback rosters that are still in the playoffs in a bag, and I said, Steve, you can randomly draw one out, and then on uh, after you draw your team, you can't look at it yet. I say, now pick your pick your quarterback one through eight. When well, do you pick Brock that, Purdy? He's making an interesting yep. point, but let's see if it matters. Oh, this isn't some universe in which we're going to be popping up in a holodeck in different uniforms, the different players. Right now, we're talking about this system and this quarterback. Because anyone that wants to act like this system is going to win for any quarterback, well, we just debunked that with a 9-29. and 29. I agree. Either, but, so, but, but, and I'm not but, saying but he's right. he, is, he is right that it's a slam dunk that Purdy's the worst of the eight remaining teams well, quarterback-wise. I think. Well, I, I mean, well, let me think. They're all if great. you're saying he's number ten, then that must mean the other, the, 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 the first eight or eight, or seven of them are going to be. Well, the on only this question list? is Daniel Jones. You know who's who. Well, would... first off, if you think Daniel Jones is better than Brock Purdy, then how is Purdy numbered in your top ten? Because Jones is. I think five years well, in the I think ten was wrong. Jones, Jones, we know what we have with Daniel Jones. He's not going to be. He, he's been in the league five years. We know what we got. Purdy if, could be really if you good. Drafted in the league, Daniel Jones is not going in the top thirty-two. I disagree with that. Well, you're wrong. Okay. I mean, it, if you just, said that, if you said that three quarters or two thirds of the top of the first round would be quarterbacks, you don't think Daniel Jones would be one of those? No. At the midpoint of this year, Daniel Jones was not going to have. He was going to be a backup next. It's a year. great point, Almost but he's certainly. but he's, his trend line has changed. It's yeah. changed in a short period of games yeah. in which we just saw him run for his career high. Mm-hmm. First of all, how long do running quarterbacks last? Daniel Jones is injury prone. I mean, last year he had two injuries, his neck, concussions. You think he's he's a sacrificial lamb. He's like the first unit in Vietnam when they say charge that hill, and it's like, hey, 18 died. Well, okay. I don't know any of them. Pickett's, that's, Pickett's I mean, that's how the generals were acting. I mean, so what I'm saying is, do we see him playing in four years? You see Daniel Jones starting in four years. No. Okay. That's I do. a great point. Huh? Well, so were you a huge Daniel Jones fan? Like, uh, I haven't heard you say the word Daniel Jones this I've year. I've liked Daniel Jones. When? I've always liked Daniel Jones. Say, uh, why wouldn't I? He's toolsy, why, RJ. He's all, everything you hate. First of all, why wouldn't I is not an answer. The answer is— I like Daniel Jones because he's got a good arm. No, I'm not he's asking got, he's got contemporaneously good why you like him right this moment. I'm saying, can you? Th- do you think you've ever spoken to Daniel Jones for more than 30 seconds on this podcast before the week before last? Yes. Okay. How's this? How much will I have to say I'll bet for you to go search the tapes for it? Oh, you can go search the tapes when we talk I, about I'm not going to search the remember tapes. When, remember when we did the quarterback draft mm-hmm. and I took Daniel Jones? I don't, but go ahead. Okay, well, I did. Did you take him where? I, what, what was like it fourth or fifth. Fifth out of— and there was, we, did, we did six. Okay, I, I'd round. be shocked. Because uh, we took Trey Lance with our sixth pick. Okay, but so, but we definitely took Daniel Jones before that because I said Daniel Daniel Jones has all the tools. Now he's got a competent head coach. Okay, this seems like a guy who can take a step. So, okay, I mean, 
that doesn't sound like a big, long conversation about how much you like him. Well, okay, I don't know how much time I've spent on it. Maybe I, I don't like Daniel Jones. No, I, I don't I understand what you're do. trying to get at. What I'm trying to get at is it seems like you're a prisoner of the moment. I'm not. Da what, like, da where did Daniel Jones get drafted? Like, guys don't well, get drafted really, in the top people... five, and then people just forget about them. Well, that happens all the time, but but, but the people ridicule. I mean, when you say well, forget about— How about the Jets quarterback, Wilson? We've kind of forgotten about well, him. I mean, he got drafted oh, second. Oh, the prior Jets quarterback, Sam but Darnold. he's an abject disaster. It's, Daniel Jones also, hasn't been that. Well, but you, well, do, but you, you didn't Daniel say— Daniel Jones underperformed, but, and he's going to get a second contract. But, but wait, no, wait a minute, AJ. You, you, you said we don't see guys drafted in the top five that are forgetting about. You didn't put that caveat other than the abject disasters. No. Well, you mentioned Sam Darnold, a great point. Yeah. A guy who was an abject disaster, he's still got a fifth-year option because of potential and upside. Like, somebody else said, we'll mm. take a chance on him because that's what happens. Like, well, if no, you show well, any— well, We're not debating will, will Daniel Jones have gotten a chance to compete for like I think Daniel Jones's career trajectory would have been like Tyrod Taylor whereas remember Taylor made the playoffs just like Daniel Jones mm -hmm. did but and it was the first year all right and then of of the new regime Sean uh what's his name McDermott McDermott I was looking at um I was reading something and it was talking about uh, oh, it was. I was reading about the Browns when they they took on uh, this new analytically driven front office like four years ago, mm -hmm. and they were talking about um, Sashi. What is it? Sashi Brown is with the GM or whatever. And then there was the guy that was with the Mets, and then there was the Harvard. I mean, it was like a brain trust. And they said here, who we're looking at for uh, who they interviewed for their head coach, and it was Hugh Jackson who they ended up hiring. And Sean McDermott was on that list, and I thought, wow, they would have done better there. And then the next three guys were all out of the league. Mm. Or at minimum weren't Not head coaches. coaches yeah. But yeah. some of them were out of the league, if I recall. And it's just, wow. It's always interesting to read those old articles and think, like, boy, McDermott looks good. And then on the other hand, it's like, man, maybe Hugh Jackson was the third best of the bunch or second best of the bunch. But I don't know. He's not, you know, I don't even know if he's still in the league, is he? Mm, I don't, don't think know. so. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, doubling back to this this matter. I think that if you look at McDermott and what they did with the Bills, they made the playoffs that year. And they actually let Tyrod Taylor go because they said, this guy can't do it for us. Well, first of all, we're not even sure if the Giants are keeping him. We're no, not, I'm not. Yeah. So, somebody's yeah. going to have him as a starter next year. Well, I, that, that would mean he's one of the 32 best. And, and the question is, is he one of the blank best, right? And I mean, and wherever that blank is, Fez think he's top 10. Here's what I know. What have we seen from Purdy that would make us pessimistic? Because everything, if Purdy were a number one pick and this was his rookie year, which it is, he would have had the best rookie. Has any rookie had a better year than him in memory? Dan Marino. <laughs> okay, 83. Okay, maybe. What else? Dak Prescott had a pretty good one. Okay. Yeah, Dak was let's pretty good. Look, let's look at the stats. Big Ben had a pretty good first year. He didn't. Oh, really? He I went just... 15 and 1, but he wasn't that good. I, yeah, okay. I mean, he wasn't that good the second year when they won. Yeah. The, you know, he was bad in that, that Seattle game. He was, they, yeah, Big Ben was a slow developer relative to how good he sure. became. Sure. I've seen nothing to make, I mean, 6 and 0. Oh. I mean, but Baker, and but he's throwing playing, two touchdowns, yeah. a pa two touchdown passes a game. He's not just a game manager. Baker Mayfield had, based on ESPN, if I recall, Mackenzie, you were looking at this too about six months ago, uh, the third best rookie season, I think it was of the last 10 years of quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, can you pull up the, who else was on that list? We'll do. Because I would make the case Purdy would be at the, t maybe at the top of that list. The best rookie season of any quarterback in 10 years. Mm. You know, I got, I got to tell you, this line is a mystery to me 
because uh-huh. I can't understand why money's not coming on in San Francisco. Because I mean, San Fran is the better team; they have the better stats. And the fact, fine, if you want to make this in a normal game, three and a half, I'm okay with that. That's that's a okay. But the problem I have is it is not just a bad; it's a terrible spot for Dallas for two reasons. So, what's your power rating say first of all? My power rating say three point two. Okay. However, if I did, if I just looked at the yards per play perspective, I make it five point six. All right. So, but when you consider all your factors, you're saying this line's about right. It's about right. But look at the situation. So Dallas, I know travel in the NFL, it's gotten easier, but this is still Dallas's fourth straight road game. And these are not just cupcake, easy, you know, one hour trips. These are all for tangible, you know, flying 700 miles or more at Tennessee, at Washington, go all the way to Florida, to Tampa Bay. Now, come home, got to go to the other coast, got to go at San Francisco. So fourth straight road game. And remember, this is a Monday night football game, and now they got to play on Sunday. So short week for Dallas. But when did San Francisco play? Well, they got to play Saturday. So an eight-day rest for San Francisco, five and a half days for Dallas. That You're stacking a lot of intangibles and scheduling issues against the Cowboys in this game. So real quick, um, sorry. Mackenzie, after you do uh, – so Brock Purdy um, – oh, this is interesting. Oh, my gosh. So there's a stat called adjusted yards per attempt, okay? And adjusted yards per attempt is saying, okay, we're going to take t- – you love yards per attempt passing, right, Steve? Oh, yes. Is But what we're saying is, hey, if you throw interceptions, it's bad. You throw touchdowns, it's good. So what we do is we adjust – and sacks are bad. Mm-hmm. So we adjust for sacks. We adjust for touchdowns. We not we, Pro Football Reference is a big fan of this stat. Others are too. Okay, and they adjust for interceptions. So interceptions, touchdowns, sacks. Mm-hmm. So usually the number goes down. If you look at regular yards per attempt, it's higher than adjusted yards per attempt because there's two negatives: sacks and interceptions versus touchdowns. Okay, Patrick Mahomes this year, I think the consensus MVP, eight point one yards adjusted yards per attempt. Brock Purdy. 9.5. 20% better. Now, is that the best of any quarterback this year? Yes. Yeah, it's oh. number one and two. What's three? How far? Yeah, what's three? three? Tua, 8.0. 8.0. Now. So, so Purdy is 14 times better than the second place guy is versus the third place guy. For, yeah, more of a distance. And the second place guy is the, the, the best player in football. Yes. We all had consensus. So it looks like day. a pretty good stat. So what is the reason not to think Purdy? Because would we agree? Hey, just close your eyes and imagine if Justin Herbert played this well. Like the, the, his, what was Herbert's number? If he played this well, what would you be saying? Six point three. What six point three? So you take fifty. If if only Herbert had, was fifty percent better, he'd be as good as Purdy. Yes, he's fifteenth in the league. Herbert is average. That sounds right, but that stat can't be good, right? What about is, is Brock Purdy better than Justin Herbert? I think right now he's playing. Better. I, that's not the question. Well, you said is, is he, he better, better? Is he a better player? Is is, is 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 present tense? Is is I mean, Bill Clinton, is he a better Bill quarterback? Clinton, you might this, debate this that. year. He has been a better quarterback. Is he? You cannot it, this year in the draft that we were talking about? Forget, would you the, take that's Brock forget the draft. Forget the draft. We talked about that draft ten minutes ago. We're talking about right okay, now. Okay. Well, better. Why are we talking about Justin Herbert? He's not in the playoffs. It's a good point. Good point. It's a good point. Thank you. You just say please don't mention him anymore. So when whenever you're making a substantial bet on something, you want to be able to explain why the line is where it is. Why? And so I can explain this because Monday night. There was only one football game. There was Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, and he got his butt kicked, he and his team, by the Dallas Cowboys with that big star. 
And I think that car- that's carrying a lot of weight for this spread, that people just saw recency bias towards the Cowboys. Ah, Dak, he's really good. Which is the definition of value. Yes. It's something that doesn't matter. Uh, th- that doesn't matter as much as it seems to, and the price is affected. Exactly. Thus, why San Francisco is my one and only best bet of this round. And, and I know my all- best bet. It's your best bet, too? As well, yes. Damn. I, and I know you like it, too. I do it's like it. It's not your best bet. It's though. not my best bet. But here, here's something other also to think about why I think this line is maybe being depressed a little bit. People talk about San Francisco as not a good home field. And that's been the opposite of the case this year, certainly. People say, well, wine and cheese crowd. So they're not Raiders fans. Okay, we know that. But yeah, Santa Clara. They're nine and zero at home straight up this year. Eight and one ATS at home this year. It feels like they've got they've got the second most difficult travel to get to their stadium outside of Seattle. It's it's not an easy place difficult, to get to. It's just le- well, length of flight. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But sometimes so, in college basketball, there's like Morgantown is famous. You got to fly in one place and, and you got to drive two hours. Kansas yeah. State's another one. You know, this is this is a good point because like I know it's an NFL pod, but it sure seems like in the Big Twelve. Every time Iowa State plays West Virginia, the home team covers. Yeah, because those are both two miserable places to try to get to. It <laughs> yeah. Is. And it's just, miserable probably isn't the right adjective. Oh, I've, it, I've made it, the trips. A, They're miserable. And well, yes, but that's not the point. The point is it's an arduous. Yes. It's not the way that people are reacting emotionally. It's 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 draining. It's yeah. difficult. You to fly get. into a crummy airport, and then you get a you drive a crummy drive to get to their crummy town. And a crummy bus or a crummy <laughs> rental car. Somehow, I, don't, I grew up in that part of the, that kind of country, and I respect the people there. I mean, I don't visit. I respect the people too. I don't I just, think you do. I don't respect saying, crummy, crummy, crummy. It's an indictment of them. Those three, great people live in crummy towns. There's, well. there's three hundred thousand people living in Ames, Iowa. It's not the middle of nowhere. Come on now. That's the middle of nowhere. Listen, a big time here. He used to ride. His dad used to drive him around with no seatbelt on when he was like not like you didn't. You didn't. It wasn't. You didn't have a car seat. He was drinking a beer and you were rolling yeah. around in the back. <laughs> but he's judging Ames. I I don't even know where Ames is. It Ames. Ames. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Ames was a pool home the hustler. All right. 49ers at home since last November. 12 and 1 straight up. 11 and 2 ATS. They've won those games straight up. 14 points a game. That's 1 4. All right. We're going to let Scott figure out if he can know where Purdy would be. Oh, not Scott. I'm sorry. AJ. But what we're going to do is we're going to go to Scott's best bet. Oh, look. It copies mine also. Shocker. Let's listen. I know it's a cop-out, but I feel like we're all going to have the same best bet. So for me, it's the San Francisco 49ers. And, and here's the interesting stat that I uncovered, and everyone pretty much uncovers the same stats. There's only three teams in the NFL that rank in the top six of all the football outsiders' metrics, which is the total DVOA, the offense and defense, the weighted DVOA, all that stuff. The only NFC team is the San Francisco 49ers. It's so obvious now, and AJ's been saying it all along, but it took me a little longer to accept it, that they truly are the best team in the NFC and maybe the best team in the entire NFL. The way that this defense is playing combined with the offense scoring as much as they're scoring, how how do you deny this team? How do you bet against this team? And for All the accolades that we give Brock Purdy, and trust me, he deserves it. Brock Purdy has been incredible. I talked about it on last week's Dream Pod about how he he ranks first in a, a lot of offensive categories for quarterbacks ever since he became the starter. But I think, and I go back to what I said a couple of weeks ago, 
when they acquired Christian McCaffrey, it changed the dynamic of this offense. He is the ultimate weapon in the NFL. He's a better version of Debo Samuel. And for all the good that Debo has done on this team, and he did last year, McCaffrey brings it to another level. And oh, by the way, you still have Debo on the field. This team is just too good. This line is too small. I think maybe the Cowboys kicking problems could be an issue. Brett Maher missing four extra points. It's got to be in his head. If it comes down to a big kick for him to make, he's going to miss it or likely to miss it. I, I, I'm laying the points with the 49ers. This is my best bet. Okay. I mean, listen, Scott went against me last week. Didn't work out for him. And, and you know, what's interesting, <laughs> though, is he's fading Dallas again. So in a weird way, he's being consistent. He didn't like Dallas last week. He got his snout smacked. But now he's like, I'm coming back for you, Cal. Or uh, uh, I guess going against. Go ahead. And by the way, you you last week were like of all the you know the sharps, quote unquote sharps that I listen to, like anybody on a pod who's uh-huh. you know betting NFL. You were one of the few guys that really believed in Dallas, at least later in the or at least early in the week when we were talking. And like I, I think that was like the big talking point. Well, oh, it's 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 Tampa. This is Tampa's spot. Tampa in the playoffs, or Tom Brady in the playoffs, or the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs. I, I so kudos to you for looking through. Oh, thank you. J- just the uh, the assumption. Still got to give me that number. I'll give you a number. <laughs> All right. Now I will say this. Thank you for that. I can remember one of my favorite moments on, let's say, the last. You know, a couple months of SOV on Fox, straight out of Vegas, which there is an AM edition that I am sitting in with AJ on. We can continue. Yes. Yeah, I think we have done enough, Herbert. But but <laughs> we'll have some good debates, I'm sure. Um, and sitting in today, and then Fez, you're sitting in what tomorrow and Sunday. Wow. Oh, so, and then, I'm sorry, and Monday morning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, Mackenzie. Right? He'll be here tonight as well. Oh, I don't think with me. Well, well he'll, he'll, be, he'll be producing. He'll, he'll be, be talking producing. NBA later in the Okay. In the okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's like, let's R.J. Ward McKenzie. You're not hearing that. You no. Know? Even the haters are saying, hey, let's hear I can, Let me get really worked up and hate R.J. McKenzie has been great on SOVA. I, no, I have no doubt. Yeah. But, come on. <laughs> I mean, no, listen, if we're talking NBA, I think it's a battle. Though I don't really follow the NBA until NFL is over. I mean, Lakers, I mean, LeBron's been scoring, right? Yes. What else? What's it, how's this sound? We're going to listen to another best bet right now. From Diamond Dave Esler. When we come back, AJ's going to give us the number, or he's getting fined. And it will go to charity. I mean, if, what's a thousand to charity? But, I mean, you can pick the charity. Okay. What would you pick? Hmm. I'd probably pick one of my kids' college funds. No, that's not a charity. Oh. That's not a charity. <laughs> we'll go with the Boys and Girls Club. Okay, that works. If you don't have your All number. Right. And, um, and you know what? I'll match 10% of it. Beautiful. So it'll be 1100 We'll donate. Right. And then McKenzie's going to give us the three biggest storylines in the NBA this season, all in under 30 seconds. Yep. Let's listen to Astler. I love and I bet the Dallas Cowboys plus three and a half over the 49ers. And I got to be honest, in a million years, I didn't see that coming. I am likely the least affected by recency buyer better there is. I've been high on San Francisco all season and down on the Cowboys, but here we are. It's just one game. I have a ton of love for Brock Purdy. But as people have said all week, and, and, and it's all true, the Cowboy defense is far and away the best they're going to see all year. Uh, they're ranked only behind San Francisco themselves in total DVOA. And, yeah, I'm well aware that San Francisco has had one close game in over two months. But I think that works in our favor. 
they or Purdy haven't had to face any adversity. You know, let's see the reaction if and when they do. And, you know, knowing San Francisco hasn't lost since Moses wore short pants, you know, the Cowboys don't really have a bad loss all season, aside from that understandable debacle in Week 18 at Washington. So maybe America's team and the betters darling Cowboys are the ones that are undervalued here. They nor anyone else runs against the 49ers. In fact, there have been 270 games this season where someone has rushed for 70 yards, one individual player. And San Francisco has allowed exactly zero of them. So they're not going to be able to run. But Dallas has two backs that can catch the ball. Dalton Schultz, Michael Gallup, even T.Y. Hilton. If that doesn't work, by the way, there's also C.D. Lamb. Dallas will be able to move the ball. Seattle kept this game close last week with the Niners until halftime. Dallas will keep it close the entire game. Dallas lost at home to San Francisco last year in the playoffs and may return the favor to the Niners on Sunday. And what would the last game of the weekend be without late-game drama? Give me Dallas plus three-and-a-half points. Now, listen, I love Dave Esler. I mean, I always say this. If you look at his over thousands of plays – He's won as much money for pregame as anyone walking the earth of customers. Fez is right there. It's a battle. Goodfellas in the battle. These are guys that don't do a bunch of media, but they just win. So check it out if you want his stuff, pregame.com or on Twitter, Dave underscore Esler. But he's bucking you this week. He's bucking me. I disagree with him. I like, I don't mind disagreeing with if I If someone tells me I like this team and it's Vito, I'm worried. Because I'm thinking, what does Vito know that I don't know? Sure. Right? But if someone tells me, here's why I like this game and I disagree, I'm not worried at all. That Because we're centering the bet on a fundamental disagreement. He says Purdy hasn't been tested. Fez, we disagree with that. Yeah, so Seattle, their offense actually did well in the first half, had the lead in a playoff game. Boy, that's... At halftime. At half, exactly. That's when the sphincter gets tight, so to speak. Uh Uh-oh. And what did San Francisco do in the third quarter? Just went out and kicked some serious butt with Purdy playing great. I mean, 49ers dominated in the second half, but if he throws one pick six because he's nervous at the beginning, who knows what happens? Exactly. And I I would argue... His narrative would be... We wouldn't be talking top ten. I would argue this happened in the Buffalo-Miami game and Josh Allen, all world Josh Allen, never like really like he he got tight and they almost lost. The Bills almost lost to Miami despite dominating the stats. No problem for San Fran and Purdy. I was surprised actually that um that you had Josh Allen above Purdy. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to Josh Allen. All right, AJ, is it Boys and Girls Club or are you giving us a number? 60th. 60th. So Fez says 10th. You say 60th. Yeah. So he's a backup quarterback. I think on most teams in the NFL, yeah. So he's not one of, amongst quarterbacks, is he one of the 32 best? Borderline. So you want Jordan Love? No. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. All right. So all you right. want Cooper Rush, definitely. No. No. But, but there's the not case, enough 60 to go around. The, the case, but there's other than quarterbacks, though. Oh, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Fair. That's you, want a good point. you want Justin Jefferson yeah, yeah, yeah. or Brock Purdy? Right. He okay. said good point because he didn't okay. he understand. Yeah, he I didn't miss that point. Yeah. Okay. I will say, can I do a little exercise real quick? Because I did do this research on Brock Purdy. Well, yeah. If you did I, some work, we might as well use it. I went back and Lance Zerline, a guy who we've we've yeah. used before uh, at NFL.com, he's a draft expert. He works for NFL. Uh, NFL Network. Network. Yeah. And he wor- is he still with Houston Radio? Yep. All still right. works at ESPN in Houston. And he, I went back to his draft profile on Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. And I, I looked at his strengths and weaknesses. 
And when I went through his weaknesses, I was Let's like... Let's do Tom Brady's after. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. It's like, we've, I, we've got some new data. I was expecting to find, like, you know, when, when you watch Brock Purdy, there's not a lot to dislike. And I looked at all these weaknesses, and I was like, with the, the except there's one of the seven that I could say, okay, I could see that being the case. But for the most part, he's so he checked revealed. off all the boxes. So it says, pocket setup lacks quickness. Well, see, now this is interesting. This, I, boy, that I, I got to be honest. He's not going to be happy you're using this because what's come out since. Hold on, what's come out since is he ran the ten the ten yard, um, whatever that is called in the forty. Where, but they don't do it as the first ten of the forty. I think they run it separately. I'm not even sure. But that that first ten yards. He is as fast as I think it was Tyreek Hill. It was crazy the number. And that's all that matters if you're a quarterback. Because he's able to. Avoid, he said he's like Fran Tarkenton is what yeah. people were saying. Well, he said pocket setup. So he's talking about how long it takes him to take the snap to get in get into uh, his ready in position. Okay, okay. So but, he's not talking about like straight line short, speed. Short, but it's not straight line. Well, speed. quick speed. Yeah. yeah. But though though that that ten is straight line sure. speed. But it seems like watching him, his mobility in the pocket is is exceptional. I think it's very good. I agree. Yeah. I mean, one of the best. I mean, is it is is Lamar? I mean, not running downfield, but who has superior escapability in the pocket? You know, Mahomes for a guy that's not that fast is really good. At but it. is it superior to what you've seen from Purdy? Yeah, Mahomes I don't is know. incredible. He can throw better off. It, it just seems like he can sense the where the, yeah. the guys are. Remember that Super Bowl and they couldn't block for him at all, and I know they got crushed. But I think he played great in the Super. I'm in the minority here. But, you know, the avoiding. He, I mean, Brady would have gotten sacked 14 times. No, but now Brady's getting. And maybe this is why he should. <laughs> retire by the way he's getting he's getting laughed at by fed but but it is interesting to say seventh round pick mr irrelevant the thing you think is wow he must be physically limited so much and in some ways he is he's, he's small you know he's like six one he's i mean yeah but he's thin i mean yeah. he doesn't seem like he's got thick tree trunk type you know hips or what I mean, that's what they say you got to take a beating in the nfl i don't know about that i think he might be let's just say this it seems like his worst is best backup in the nfl and what I mean by that is he still might be better than the 30, some of the 32, but he's better as a backup. I agree, I agree with that. Yep. Because who knows where he's going to go? Because we could have had the same debate about Tom Brady after the but, first Super But we Bowl. could all agree that right now he's playing like a very good starting sure. quarterback yes. this year, and that's all that matters for it this does for game. now. You're right. And, and I would say this is we haven't seen his ceiling yet, meaning we don't know how good he can get. Right, he's. I know he's playing better today than he was two, three weeks ago, and better than he was three weeks before that. So where's that trend line stop? I don't know. All right, um, we got. Thank you for that. I mean, you might want to just throw a thousand the boys club and girls club if you want. We'll we'll let you tweet about that. Um, what else on this game? I mean, does anyone like any? Uh, it seems to me the question mark here is Dallas's offense. If they play as well as they did. Last week, this is a game, a big game. You bring up a great point. It would not shock me if Dallas scored seven points. It would not shock me if they scored twenty-seven points. And here's the the two things that it would surprise me. The, yeah, yeah. the two things that went well for Dallas last week was one, there was no turnovers. The the, the seven previous games, Dallas turned the ball over fourteen times. I think that's uh, almost two a game. Two. That's exactly two a game. Well done. The other thing that happened was Tampa had no pass. And Tampa usually doesn't have a pass rush. They're near the bottom in of the league in pass rush. This year? This year. Obviously. Uh, they're 29th. 49ers have a top five pass rush. 
and they're going to move Dak off his spot. And Dak hates it when he's under Dak. Talk about guys who don't do as well out of the out of the pocket. Dak has turned into one of those guys who, once he's flushed out of the pocket, his stats drop off tremendously. So I, I think. Well, first 40- of all, everyone almost, when they're flush out of the pocket, they drop off. It matters how much. Right. You know, I also, I don't like the way Dallas was reacting after the win. They they were very celebratory. That is well, not. Because the, the coaching staff was possibly going to get fired. Hey, so think about it. If you're, you're like, you, you've blown off your whole family for vacate for, for oh, during the holidays. Keep the job, you know, like, okay, now they can finally exhale. Okay, we're not going to get fired. One day there's going to be a team of only single dudes, and Fez is going to have to not say this. Or maybe a real world (laughs) in which the women are so grateful that somehow they got millions of dollars. Honey, you got to go to your million dollar a week job. Okay, I'll see you. I'll see you on Tuesday. (laughs) Yeah, you're neglecting us. All right, go see Uh, War of the Roses. You saw War of the Roses like in 83 with Michael Douglas well, and Kathleen my, Turner? It makes my point. Kathleen Turner is not appreciative of him trying yeah. to become a partner at the firm. And I got to be honest, I don't think she was the paradigm that, that men were aspiring. I want a woman like that. Is nice what I legs, want. though. Really? I like to. She, what was she, that? She injured him with like when they were having like um, relations. And they, the they, movies relations. he's seen or hasn't seen, it blows my mind, to be honest <laughs> with you. It's one of the most surprised. I'm not often surprised. I'm very surprised. Okay. Debo, I think what people are missing, in fact, I think this was one, and again, I, I listen to good X's and O's guys, so it's not my great insight, but the thing that strikes me is you were thinking, oh, they're replaceable. Debo gets hurt, McCaffrey, or vice versa, they're there. But when they're together, and just understanding the basics of it, it's like, okay, who? let's say you're man, man play, trying to play man, right? Okay, you put uh, McCaffrey outside, right? Mm-hmm. Debo's in the backfield. Okay, so who's guarding Debo? Right. Now it's motion. Oh, look, Debo's outside, McCaffrey's inside. Now, who's the chess player in this with like like four knights on the board? Mm. Right. It's one of the great chess players of offensive football. It's a great, it's a great point. All, all those options and these it, it's hard to find these multi multi-dimensional players that can <sighs> can run the ball, are willing to run the ball and catch the ball. We talked about this a lot last year last season with the Atlanta Falcons when Cordero Patterson got hurt, a guy who was playing running back and wide receiver for him. And it was like when they had Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley and Cordero Patterson all on the field together, it was like, wow, this offense is actually really good. When Patterson left, the offense went to shit. And we were like, how can this one guy be that impactful? But like the, the splits with him on and off were just stark. Yeah, I, I agree. But I think this is the first time we've had two players on the same team that can both effectively play receiver and running back. And the dis- the distinction that they make is the route tree. There's guys like Le'Veon Bell, and the Steelers were one of the first teams to do this. They would swing him out right, wide in motion, and now, but what would he do? Would he run the full route tree? No. Mm. He would run fly patterns or certain patterns, but he couldn't run all, you know, all of them. And thus, if you're a defender, you know I'm backpedaling, baby, if it's, you know, or whatever the route tree is of this player that's limited. But both these guys can run the full route tree. And and he might be the only running back that can run the full route tree. And again, this is me hearing people that really know what they're talking about talk about. And they both have fresh legs because Uh, because you saw McCaffrey, they they clocked him. This is the fastest he's run in three years. That's a dude that's at a hundred percent and obviously Debo missing all those games. That means he he hasn't had the wear and tear of, of playing, you know, in the car crashes of the NFL each and every week. Add in Elijah Mitchell, who was the starting running back to start this season for the 49ers came back from injury first game back last week. 
didn't sniff anything. Got well, he, no, he was, you, he was on the field a little a touchdown. But but the mm-hmm. idea the idea being you can line him up and still have those other two guys yeah, on the field. He's a guy that's really good, and he got very little usage, yeah. which tells you that how high they are on CMAC. They've got a glut of options. Well, I mean, they traded one of the running backs that was the key for the Jets, right? Yeah. What was that Mozart or what? Mostert. Mos- Mostert. Mostert. And he's Dolphins. really fast also. Oh, it was the Dolphins. Yep. Jet. Okay. Um, all right. Last thing I'd say, I think McCaffrey's the only rationale you could have for the Purdy skepticism, right? Which is, hey, that was the, uh, what was that? The game he got hurt, Jimmy G, was the first game for McCaffrey? It was his first start. Yeah. First start. So it was, yeah, he play, he got traded like on Thursday, played a few series. Yeah, I remember. Um, so you could say, whatever we're looking at statistically on the 49ers, you could say the same thing about McCaffrey. Like, this is the difference he's made. Which one is true? You know? I, I, he, McCaffrey wasn't doing that for the Panthers is all I know. True. But, but he actually was, I think. He was he was quite good. I think good he for the was, I think but he, the team. He, whoa, whoa, whoa! I think he was three years ago. I mean, when's the last time that in a handicap you were thinking, you know, McCaffrey's why I'm going with Carolina? I think there was one game he got like 160 of the team's 250 yards. I think he, he was playing very at a very high level for Carolina. I cannot explain why it's Carolina's just, offense got better without him. That yeah, that is it's pretty much I not can't true. Explain though, that. Is what you're saying is he was if it was just this year. Well, I mean, let's think. How do we want to quantify this? We can have aggregate EPA. Um, do me a favor, just take a gant. I mean, let, yeah, let's take a look at this. So, so six games with Carolina, uh, 400 rushing yards, 65 a game, 46 receiving yards. Yeah, I mean, that's not killing anything. That, I, I, you know, I disagree. That is, I think that is kill. You put up 17. All eight. right, Steve, I'm going to challenge you. I wanted, I, what do you how many, how many over, What do you think your over-under time for McCaffrey talk was on the pod this year before San Francisco? <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't doing that much. How, how many backs... Had 1,800 rushing receiving yards for the year, which is what this projects to. Well, like I said, he's— 1,700, yeah, something like that. Well, Call it 1,700. That's fine. Yeah. So Five? Well, no, no, I'm not questioning if he was playing—but here's the thing. If you're on a bad team, to some degree, those are junk yards. I mean, what competitive games were they in? All I know is this. You, we weren't celebrating that trade. When the 49ers made that trade, there was a lot of skepticism about, about it. About whether it's past—yeah. He's too and fragile. His health, exactly. They yeah. felt they, ah, he's just going to get hurt again. You're right. And, 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 and I think this year he hadn't been hurt, so his numbers were pretty good. But remember— when he jumped out from not being on your list to being one of the three guys on your point and a half list, he emerged as if like this is the next generation of backs. And then he sucked right after. And then he got hurt and, yeah. hurt and hurt and hurt. And right. you know what? There's no there's no guarantee he's not going to stay hurt next year or even this year. But so far, and again, goldfish style. What matters is this game. He probably he's not hurt coming in the game. Yeah, we know that much, which is good. But I do think that's one way you could look at Purdy. So to recap, oh, I guess my last point would be this. I'm forced to bet sides here because most people bet sides. But I think I like the 49ers over more than I like the game. And I mean their team total. That would be 25. So over so 25. I don't love that number. 24 and a half's out there. Oh, okay. I yeah. love a 24. Yeah, that's such a key number. But what do you think of this, Steve? And then, oh, AJ, you want to start? I'll say the only concern I have for the 49ers offense this week is – I've seen Brock Purdy get away from a lot of pass rush this this season, like since he's been in. It's just Dallas is so fast. Micah Parsons is well, legit Micah Parsons fast. isn't playing up to. He, there's something physically wrong with him. I by agree all with accounts. that. He was he was like going to be the defensive player of the year, and then he's a like lock. He's and now, yeah. yeah. I just my my only thought was you're not running away from Micah Parsons. Like he's well, like, maybe not the prime Micah Parsons back whenever that was. I think he's on the downward trend. I think C Mac can run away from him. 
Well, well yeah. that's an interesting question. Well, it's, I hear you, but I think in a weird way you're saying you've been anti-Dallas because you think the defense is has been trending down. Yeah. Well, isn't Micah Parsons' less physical play part of that? It has to be. And, and the book is Dallas got all those turnovers last year, so their D was overrated coming in, and then they played very well, especially with Parsons. Well, they had a lot of turnovers year. this year, too. They're, they yeah. At some point, that's that. Uh, some teams are going to get more turnovers, but Dallas has gotten way more than their share. I think that's fair, especially if you look at it in a two-year horizon. Yeah. I, I agree with that 100%. Um, so th- it seems like there's two scenarios. One is Dak plays a great game, and this is a shootout. Yep. Or number two, he doesn't, and 49ers win clean. But the scenario of Dallas shutting down San Fran, I don't see. Seems it. so unlikely. I, I agree with so that. So to me, I like the best. over twenty four and a half. Over twenty four and a half. But I on a side pick, my best bet would be San Fran, and that's my best bet as well. And you is this a you it, like? It, it's a. It, oh, I had it as a. I had it as a bet until you told us we can use totals. Yeah, and then yeah. I I changed it. To I want a, the audience to have what they can. Yeah. I'm strong on the 49ers as well. All right. So, and and, and last thing. If you can't explain the line, you should be scared. I think we're explaining this line being short, in our opinion, because of the Dallas love in general. Mm-hmm. Not People not being fully attuned to their drop-off at the end of the year. Dismissing the last week you know, against Washington. And then uh, with the great performance last, you know, just this Monday in front of the world. Everything points to being high on Dallas. And people saw on San Fran struggle in that first half against Seattle. So they're like, even though it was a blowout, it was like, eh, they weren't that good. Yeah. And there still is a back. If you just parachuted in to the playoffs as a casual fan, you're saying Brock who? Yes. And and you'd be like AJ saying he'd go 60 in my draft. 60. 60. All right. Next game. Good talk there. Let's talk a little Justin Herbert. No, no, no. <laughs> Next <you>. game, <laughs> Buffalo, Cincinnati. Now, this line is five in some spots, five and a half in others. So if you want the dog, you can take five and a half. Now, Buffalo started the team as hot as any team. We're at the top of all power ratings. And then the ulterior ulnar something got hurt. What was it, AJ? The uh, yeah. ulnar UCL. I don't know what the, the initials mean. Something. It's the UCL in his elbow. Some excuse. Got planted. And what we've had since then, interception, fumble. Boy, where what was he looking at? Has he had any concussions? Not that I know of. But he's made he's made decisions at points that made me he's think. He's playing like he's concussed. Been. Yeah. But still, this is a team that was favored by two and a half at Cincinnati, what, three weeks ago? Yep. Two and a half. The Hamlin game. At Cincinnati. Now and we did the math on a on previous pod that a two and a half when you're on the road translates approximately to just over five at home. True. Now this line open Sunday night was three and a half. I said this is crazy low. Yeah, we said that on SOVAM. Like, how can this be? How can this be real? How is it possible that they were two and a half and now they're three and a half at home? It yeah. didn't make any sense. Three is a key number, but still not enough. Not that key. <laughs> now it brings up an interesting point, which is. There's there's been a change it seems in this short period of time in in sentiment about the Bills. There's also been a change in the physical health of the offensive line for Cincy. Upwards of three linemen are going to be replaced. What's the current status of the guard? Uh, Kappa. Yeah, uh, I believe he's questionable. He did not participate in practice at all today. So Wednesday, no practice. That's not a good sign. Both tackles gone. 
All right, so that would be 60% of the O-line, which was a new O-line. And remember, this O-line struggled cohesion-wise early in the year. Yeah, they graded 30th in PFF as a whole, like, you know, as fully healthy. The drop-off in PFF to their replacements, uh, Jonah Williams was a 61. His replacement is a 55. Not much change. Alex Kappa, a 68. His replacement is a 54. That's actually not much change. Leo Collins, 58, down to 47. I, I, I think it's actually significant because it's like the SAT. It's not. Okay. I, I think you get 40 just for showing up. No, 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 no. no. Right? No. I That's mean, wrong. So, I mean, oh, really? we'll go all the way down to whatever. And so what was uh, – five or six points in PFF is, is almost meaningless, meaning – over a short sample size, which by definition, it had to have been replacement guys are short. And these sample. are about ten per. I, I, I disagree. Give the numbers again. Uh, the, difference the difference is, is six, 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 fourteen, and eleven. All right, all right. That's I guess ten point three. Well, no, it wouldn't be thirty-one. 10. Well, fourteen. Well, it's five versus four. Okay, so I guess it's a little over ten. Uh, so it's ten. I, I I agree with you. I I'm wrong about that. I would. I don't. I mean. I guess. What are we debating? I don't consider that significant. You do. Yeah. You know what? I think it's more significant. <laughs> what do we want well, to well, say? I think, fair enough. I, I, and I'm not qualified in terms well, of apparently like, knowing you guys all the have numbers. strong opinions. Go well, ahead. I just know when. Like when I look at the numbers of everybody, I don't uh-huh. see. And I'm saying I, I follow PFF very closely. Yeah, you I'm would know more it's than nothing I. in a short sample that tells me very much. Yeah. What really is telling here is how bad the starters' grades were. And it's. it's well, the, yeah. let's take a minute and talk about that. That's a great point. A starter's seventy. And none of those guys had above a 70? No. So what they're saying is, as individuals, they weren't that good. The best graded offensive lineman in PFF for Cincinnati Mm -hmm. is Alex Kappa. He is 92nd amongst eligible uh, offensive linemen. Is that all linemen or all guards or all what? That's all linemen. Okay. That's interesting. You you know, and I'm I'm friends with Ross Tucker, who's a former lineman in the NFL. And he's always emphasized with me, you know, with these numbers, if there's one position, continuity matters – it's the offensive line because of the you know that the center goes ahead and calls the um, the blocking schemes and then everybody well, first has so to be let, on board and let's be clear in the NFL more than half the time the quarterback calls the protection mm-hmm. but he, he even so the center is like the quarterback of the line for different things yes. but that is an interesting and we I never knew much about that we got into this off season because we were saying what happens if the guy that calls the protection actually is a replace where he is retires or gets hurt and it actually has a big effect. It's like yeah. the green dot on defense, but go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So now when you've got these multiple guys that aren't used to working with each other, you know, protecting the, the sum of the, of the differences is greater than the, just the differences. I agree. And uh, Mackenzie, we did a study on if you replace three or more linemen in the off season, what the effects are, uh, I, well, that's sharp. That yeah, is really good because it's pretty shocking, you know. How the, the idea of it happening in the last couple of weeks of the year is going to be even more of a yes. change. And plus, in the off season, in theory, you got the whole free agency market. To, now you got to pick it up off the scrap heap, right? Yes. And what happens if one more player gets hurt, right? Who's, who's that's next? another great point. That like literally the second another lineman goes down for the Bengals. It'll, there'll be a feeding frenzy to bet against them in this game live wage. Yeah. So, Mackenzie, if you need a second with that, just let me know when you got it. No, I remember this one well. Oh, no, no. Please please look it up. Yep. Thank okay. you. As I said, the, the, the Bengals also have cluster injuries in the secondary, and no one's really been talking about it, but Shadobi Awuzaway, who's their, their best cornerback, he's out. Eli Apple got banged up in the last game. And their number two corner, Trey Flowers, missed practice uh, today as well. So he got banged up in the last game also. So now they've, they're down to – they could be down to third, fourth cornerbacks in this game as well. Let me think. The Bills and the Bengals. Who do you got? 
Bills are my best bet. Best bet, Bills. Fez, what's your thought? So I, my best bet is actually on the Cincinnati team total. I think this. So whole, this is not your best bet. I, I'm sorry, this is a a, bet, a uh, bet, and this is one of only two bets. Yes, and I'm playing Bengals team total under 21 and a half. You know, not only do we have this issue with the with the three alignment, but just the, in the last two weeks before two of these three guys got hurt in the first game against the Ravens. They were bad on offense. They did now statistically, they blew out the Ravens. Looked impressive. They won by eleven, but not on the box score. And then last week, when they're playing the Ravens, they were just bad. I mean, they were lucky to win that game outright. That was a situation. Obviously, you get a ninety-eight yard fumble recovery. That's going to you know undo a lot of harms. But the Bengals offensively, it was one of their worst games of the year. So here's what I would say. This is a great example. And Steve, you know more about this than me. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is a great example of where there can be a line move that's significant, but it doesn't affect the derivatives, not because they're slow, but because it's moving through not key numbers. So the Bills were three and a half or four early. I had that as a best bet I announced on Monday's show, a double best bet, which I rarely do on the Bills in Mm -hmm. San Fran. Out of four games, that's hard to like, too, for me. Okay. But now the line went from three and a half to four to four and a half to five to five and a half. Now it's almost six and it's five and a half with extra vig in some spots. So now it's like, wow, what was the line supposed to be? I thought it should have been six and a half. Now we're getting kind of high, close to it. Didn't bother you, Ed. You're like, go Bills, you know, fire. But Fez, what was the team total on the Bengals when it was four? 23 and a half. So let's think about this. It doesn't. So you're saying actually the team to, the, all the points came off the Bengals team? Well, well, the total came down also. The total was like I'm calling the total like 50 at the time, yeah, and now and it's, it's 48 like, and 48 and a half. Yeah, okay. So, but let's be honest, 23 is not nothing, but there's no key numbers there. And, and I, exactly, and I would argue 23 is one of those totals that's significant for a team. Now, yeah. For, well, for two teams, 23 is significant. But, but that's two not team, what we're talking about we're here. Ta- exactly, we're talking about one team, and yeah. for one team to get 23 is darn difficult because the two touchdown, three field goal permutation really is not that common. And there's missed extra points. For one team. Because you think about the over-under for the field goals for the game, it's going to be only three and a half, and the under is going to be minus one. Let's think, when's the last time you remember 20? I don't remember a team scoring 23 points. Do you? Only when it's like 20 to 20 and they go to overtime. How many 23 point scores we got this year? One second. I mean, I don't. I, that is a weird number. Yeah. So what we're saying is effectively we're betting this, not exactly, but close, like the line's still three and a half. Yes. To me, I love that. Whereas if it had been 24 and a half, oh, or 24, that losing the 24. Yeah. Or is, imagine is you would win at 24, now you'd lose if it goes from 24 and a half to 23 and a half. Yes. And think about that 21 and a half, how much better under 21 and a half is than under 20. Another That, that would be like a, a point and a half difference. Yeah. That would be the difference, you know, enormous and difference. It, it, so my point is that, that I'm making an audible change. It was going to be the Bills as my second bet. I'm going with. I, you know, there's no problem following people's picks. I'm going under Cincinnati, 21 and a half for me and Fez and me. We'll say okay. on that. One. We're going to be very happy men. I think so. I like that. Yes. What do you think of that? I, I think it's smart. I, I don't think that. I don't think the Bengals have a lot of offensive success. So you're here. pessimistic about the Bills' offense. No, I, I still feel fine about the Bills. I think the Bills win and cover easily. I think they cover. If it were six, I'd still think they'd cover. Really? Yeah, I feel so, good about the Bills. So what do you think? The line should be what, seven? Eight? Cl- closer to seven. No, not eight, but close to seven. All right, now. I wouldn't feel comfortable betting after six. How much adjustment are you making for the Bengals' O-line? 
I mean, as far as like just points, I I don't know. I I mean, I think when you start to talk about cluster injuries and I I think you have to downgrade, I I just downgrade their offense tremendously. It'd have to be more than a point. I'd say a point or two. What do you think, Fess? Yeah, I lowered the Bengals by two. Off off of what? Off of poor performance against the Baltimore game and the, and the, O-line is injured, but but I don't think I adjusted enough, frankly. Uh-huh. That was my that was my initial adjustment. The more I think about it with these guys, bad practice reports, et cetera. What does that mean, bad practice reports? The the fact that well, like I I um the guy has a dislocated kneecap. I just so had you a big injury. It was potentially that three uh, one of the three would come back. And I, I thought there was a chance at the second one. Now I think there's no chance for the second one. The third one's unlikely. Yeah. And early in the week, I assumed the Bills practice report was going to be very negative for some defensive players. And everybody practiced it like it, it was at least limited participation for guys that I thought weren't had, had no chance of playing. I thought there was no chance that Jordan Poirier was going to play. I thought there was no. I chance was worried da- about that. Daquan Jones was going to play. I was worried about that. Well, Mackenzie has some nice information here for us on <laughs> on the importance of twenty four versus twenty three. We should pull up twenty two also because I think twenty two is really going to be the number that's almost meaningless. I'm surprised that it's this significant. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, look at twenty two. So, so at twenty three this season, Mackenzie, it'd be easy to do it. Uh, what we can go back four years. Yeah. Yeah, take a minute and look at all those. And, and Fez is right. Look at 23, too. So look at 20. 22 is only 2.7%. All right, so do me a favor. Do the whole four years, and let's look at uh, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. Cool. And I don't think that 23 was really all that available on this game because by the time the team totals came up, yeah. I think I think the first number I saw was 22 and a half on the Bengals. Okay, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, yeah, that seemed high when you, what you were saying. Um, but again, because that's why I said, oh, all the move is the Bengals yeah, move? Yeah, yeah. So, but like you said, if the total is going down and there's an adjustment, because if you really think about it, every time you move one number, in theory, like a game, like a seat, almost like some kind of board game, you move one thing and it has to move four other things. Like if you say this game's going to have two less points, now where are those points coming from? Yes. If it's equal, then it will be in proportion to the spread, the, you know, and it, there won't be any move in the spread. But sometimes you'll see a line, uh, the total drop a point and the spread drop a point. So really, maybe the better way to say if the spread moves, something's got to happen with the total. Exactly. Right? I was going to say, the same concern you would have with this bet is probably the same concern I have laying five is turnovers, because all the Dolphins' points came off of turnovers last week. Sure, and I would, you know, the Bills, as a team that's favored, I would hope that Josh Allen wouldn't be a gunslinger. What? And, and, <laughs> and, and what, what I like is that, the, you know, the Bills are up by 14 against Miami, and then at the end of the half, he was sling, slinging the ball around, turning it over, and Miami got the lead because of that. So he's probably going to be more careful with the ball. I don't this, think so. This game, I, I think so. Steve, they've been nature. saying this since the Green Bay game. Yeah. It's what he is. Yeah, I, I, I think what you're saying is finding the face of everything we've seen. I mean, the Green Bay game in the second half, he threw multiple interceptions. Yes. At that point, there's been handicappers saying since, that's enough, he'll settle down. Yeah, and yeah you're right. He has done it. Hey, from a yards per play perspective, the Bengals, this is interesting. So the league average is just over 5.4. The Bengals. I mean, so five point four yards per play. play on offense. Bengals five point four, slightly below league average. Now that's that's really counterintuitive. You think that great well, high flying Bengal let's offense? Let's think about this a second, because one of the things we wanted to do when we talked about this before the show is say, hey, which of these teams of all a can we look at the season stats and feel like that's who and what we have now, and which of them have clear demarcators? To so San Fran, mm-hmm. McCaffrey, Purdy. That adjustment, okay, no doubt. Dallas, it's less clear, right? Right. Because is it what they were the second half of the year, or was it the last game, which isn't enough? Is it the whole season? I don't know. 
Now, Cincy, what I know is this. There was the appendix. There was the line cohesion. And then this team got hot after the Browns game out to Halloween. It was, by some power ratings, the best team in football. I think you nailed it because of the line cohesion. And I, I would argue that line cohesion is gonzo. I don't think it's arguable. So now i got to go back and look at how were they the first month. And maybe it's okay. Burrow doesn't have that appendicitis. If they're know, the way um, they were the first month, Bills roll here. Yeah, and the Bills defense is rock solid. They give a five yards per play. You know, that's, so that's, I mean, that's a really solid, you know, top five defense. Fourth in DVOA this season. <laughs> the cheerleader. We should I knew you'd have. I knew you'd have a Bills. How's Josh Allen been playing? Poorly. Poorly. Yeah. But you take him number two in your draft. Yes. What what do you think's going? Joe. He played better than Joe Burrow last week. Is he concussed? No. All right. If if we got a rumor that he was throwing games, yeah, I wish that you liked a team that had a halfway decent quarterback. So I could. (laughs) If 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 there was a. well, that's interesting. Would you rather have Herbert or Pickett? It's not even close. I'm not sure. Trend line's better for Pickett. I keep reading about Pickett's charge at Gettysburg. I'm like, I don't know what my fascination with that is. Didn't go well. Kenny Pickett was at Gettysburg. He was. He looks young. What kind of moisturizer? He tried, to take he cem- tried to take Cemetery Hill, and it did not. It was not successful. Somehow, Steve, I don't see you reading Civil War history. I know it's very off. When did this start? I can't recall why. I mean, has it been in the last couple of weeks? It started. I just, I, I just like some some clip of the movie Gettysburg came up, and I was like, "Ooh." He wouldn't start into Civil War history during football season. Yeah. That's what he says he did. No, it was at the end. It was like, it was like the end of football. Yeah. So right in the last like the, couple after of weeks. the last, it was like after the Georgia championship exactly. game against TCU. Wow. See, that's, that's shocking. Right. See, you got to start listening to what people say. Well, I heard him. I, I didn't know that he had just started reading, reading Civil War. That's I thought I was, you were just hearing well, about it. I think it. in 10 years I would have heard him mention it once, and I didn't. So now it's like, so here's what I would suggest. You've heard of Team Arrivals. Well, if you haven't, it was Team a The Abraham Arrivals. Lincoln book. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's a great book. Okay. And then if you want to really dig deep, Carl Sandburg, the poet, wrote two, or a double, I guess, a, a two-piece doc or um, bio of Lincoln that's really well Just regarded. one, Team of Rivals. That's good. Team of, sorry, I don't have time for three. It's 800, oh, it's 800 a, it's pages. It's a hefty book. It's, uh, you can make it's very it. good, but it's hefty. Is it more than 400 pages? Yes. Oh, for Maybe maybe in April. Just skip ahead to, after March. Maybe after the NBA playoffs. Okay. Just skip. Go to the the, go to the Lincoln Douglas debates. Okay. Then just skip ahead to the. Uh, there was a play at the end. I think. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so Mackenzie, what was our stat with the team cohe- or line cohesion? So, teams that have had more than two and a half offensive linemen lost. All right. So that means three or more. Since 2018, they've gone 10 and 25 versus their win total. All right, so this is a season-long perspective. 35 teams have had this drastic change in O-line. And 10 and 25, that's incredibly bad. But then, Mackenzie, remember I said, hey, I wonder how good the lines were beforehand, and maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah, if they had above-average PFF Check grade yeah. the year before, now that they're 0-2 this year, they're now 2-23. and 23. Did you hear that, Steve? Two and twenty-three. Now, well, hold on a second. Let's let this. Who were the for qualifiers this year? The Rams Tampa Bay? and the Bucks. Yeah. Yes. Oh two, well, two they biggest... well those were lucky wins on the under. Oh, Just got no, they went under by. <laughs> Think they're, about they're that totals. a second. Think about that a second. Twenty-five times there was a good offensive line by PFF. This is objective, and they had more than half the three people displaced or displaced. Just gone. Two and twenty-three on the season win total. 
Hmm. Next year, I might sell those. We got to bet more on Sam. Maybe yeah. the Bengals. They they fit that this year, Buffalo, right? But they were on the bad offensive line that replaced right. three guys. They would have actually. They were in the minority of teams that exceeded their win total, right? But that's but, okay. But, it, that but it's not a mi- it, But it's not a minority because if you actually look, then what's the record for those with the bad ones that replace them? Now eight and two. Oh. So what we're saying is, hey, if you got a bad O line, replacing is better than not. Okay. So, now, but, so, so, so what happens? You lose all your guys, and you go under, and then you p- replace them with good guys, and you go over. Or who knows how you got in the bad spot, but you yeah. got that, yeah. And and also, and we won't get into it here, but if you look at the game by game, because let's be candid, two thirds through the season, yeah, halfway, the team's cohesion happens. At the beginning of the year, the ATS, ATS is bad on these teams too, which is analogous to where the Bill or the Bengals are right now. You could just see that like snap going like like broke going one way and and the lineman going the wrong way with the protection. Yeah. You could just see like, like one, the bad news bears. You could see one disaster. <laughs> I mean, it's just I think they play baseball. It's gonna be this subtle. <laughs> it'll be the subtle stuff. And let's be honest, the Bills have a good coaching staff, no doubt, and they should be able to exploit it. Does it uh, question for you? Does it obviously game only won ten minutes? Bengals were up seven three in driving. Does that benefit anyone? Does, Throws doesn't in the matter. garbage can. Doesn't matter. I agree with because you because more life is more important. <laughs> I, I don't know if the reasons were, but okay. I read I Le- what Leslie. Well, well, like Hamlin got hurt. Yeah, we that's all that matters. It's all that matters. Even this game does. Why are we even might, talking might about this game? Used, might the Bengals have tipped their hand? Should a they little, play this game? Might they have tipped their hand a little bit on how on offense in that game? The fact that they had success in the first quarter, I think so. And yeah, it was a critically what, what important the Bills game. Tip their hands too. Well, Le- Leslie Frazier, the they DC only had one possession. Bu- Bengals uh, had two. So the defense, they, they got the Bills' defense figured out then. Yeah, Leslie Frazier was saying, I'm not going to change much. Like, well, the, first of all, him saying that means they probably will. Probably. Yeah. But he said, we game plan for this team. Uh, we we think we know how to beat them. We're not going to spend. Uh, we're not going to re- reinvent the wheel. Is basically what he was saying. Like we, this is this was our game plan. We're not going to let one and a half drives take yeah. us off of it. Last topic on this: the argument for Cincy is that Joe Burrow got to the Super Bowl with an offensive line maybe as bad as this one is supposed mm-hmm. to be. How much worse? What I mean, last year's offensive line was bad, and they got to the Super Bowl. Why? Quick throws, willing to take hits, etc. Does that change now? If there's any quarterback in the league suited to play behind a bad offensive line, it's probably Burrow. So, go ahead. I pulled up the numbers on how many times Joe Burrow's been sacked in his career. Mm-hmm. 147 times in his career, which is two and a, a little over a half season. Mm-hmm. Wait, over a half season? Well, he play, he missed seven games his first year. Yeah, so, so two and a half seasons. Yeah, two and a little over a half is oh, okay. what I was saying. Oh, okay. To put that into perspective— Patrick Mahomes, who's been in the league since 2017, when you include playoffs, has been sacked 148 times, one more time than Joe Burrow in a little over two and a half years. That's a good trend, but you know what that does? It tends to speak to you saying Burrow's not durable, though except for one fluke hit to his knee, he hasn't missed any games. He hasn't. That seems durable. How many How many times did Herbert get sacked? Mm, because that's out. a sign of a lot. I bet he got sacked like 12 because he throws the ball really quick. Oh, there's people coming. Joe Burrow throws the, the ball way quicker than Herbert does. I don't know. I tell you this, his average depth of targets a lot better. A dot, they call it. <laughs> Mackenzie, look up the A dot. Got it. By the way, you're still looking at 20. Oh, we got, oh, we'll wait for Fez. He went to the restroom. This, these numbers look interesting. Oh, I like my under 21 and a half. Though 22 is higher. Eh, okay, okay. 20, wow, wow. 
I you would have won big money but if I was betting is how much better bigger is 20 than 21. Yeah. yeah. And 24 even bigger than 21. Yeah. We'll give the exact numbers in a moment. Okay. <laughs> you got any I gave you like seven things. You got anything else you're working on? Hey, uh, Mackenzie? Looking up Herbert's A dot. Oh, that's not going to be good. Don't be depressed. All right. AJ, what do you think? Maybe I should throw to the hitman when Fez is in the restroom. I think that'd be You like that? That'd be real smart. All right. Well, listen, I can't buck that. Let's go listen <laughs> to the hitman. Best bet. Josh Allen over 42 and a half rush yards. Allen has had a propensity to be a higher volume runner in the playoffs. In his playoff career, he's run for 55 yards per game, and he's went over this number in five of seven games. He's also shown a tendency to be more of a high volume runner in bigger stakes regular season games as well. Possibility of snow could affect throwing conditions, which would likely mean more Allen running. In general, quarterbacks who average 30 yards rushing per game or more in the regular season have historically seen a six-yard increase in their playoff rushing totals. But we're getting Allen at a huge discount from last week's line, which closed 49 and a half. Best bet, Josh Allen over 42 and a half rushing yards. Guys, this is it. He's back, by the way. This is in line. Did you wash your hands? Yeah, did you? I mean, that's the question. <laughs> I I have no comment. <laughs> I think you'll tell us here in a minute or so. I, I just, I'm predicting. <laughs> All right, the hitman. He says, Josh Allen, over. We've been talking about in high leverage situations, the Bills run more, or Josh Allen specifically runs more. He didn't last week. Mm. It was a sign. I think he had two carries last mm. week. It's a sign that they're worried about his health. I think this is a game where if you like this bet, this feels counterintuitive. You got to like Cincinnati. Because I believe if the Bills get up, they don't run Josh Allen. I, as much. I agree with that. Yes. Hmm. Why would he run if they got up 17? It wouldn't so make any in sense. In game. Can, and, and you're going to lose eight yards at the end of the game when he takes his stupid knees. That's a good point, too. In game, do they have things like Josh Allen rushing yards? They do, but only at like. Two percent of the sports books. There's like, but, in, but there in, are, like, if FanDuel, I, yeah. Go, Mackenzie. Go ahead. I was just saying, Fanduel. No, it's a good point. DraftKings and Fanduel tend to still put those up. Yes, Mackenzie. Can you do me a favor? When you have an interjection, just wait till there's a sentence. Like someone takes a breath. Like you interjecting off. We don't see you, and you're just interjecting. It's very disconcerting. I think it's like what is it's something on fire? Like the producer's talking in my ear. Gotcha. That makes sense. You following? Yes. All right. Does that that doesn't throw you, Steve? No, I'm I'm fine with it. Interjection. Start the sentence. <laughs> what is that? Like some it's grammar from, thing? It's jailhouse rock. <laughs> it's almost if that was like that's way down on the list of things I would have expected. I got to be honest with you. If we found out that Fez has been diagnosed with terminal cancer, wouldn't his actions make more sense? He in the made last couple a connection weeks? in the incorrect. <laughs> direction and the fans started yelling out interjections uh, damn it if he, i lost the game crap i hate that quarterback hooray if i'm he, for the other team if he unzipped his neck and hold on we're taking his, we're taking a medical break we're taking a medical break <laughs> if he pulled a skin mask off and revealed that he's an alien right now i, I mean i gotta be honest when did the diagnosis happen is, is there any chance the score was tied at seven all <laughs> when Franklin found he had the ball. Come on, we've all heard this. <laughs> Not all of us. Uh, all right, now we got the numbers. Now don't look. We we got the numbers twenty through twenty six actually. Now, if I said to you, how does twenty one compare to twenty? 
percentage wise, what would you say? Oh, 20 is enormous because you got to get three touchdowns. So I would say 20 is a little more than twice as big than 21. Well, I got to tell you something that is impressive. I would have guessed 21. I mean, I don't do this end of things like you do, but six and a half percent at 20 of all games, 3.4% at 21. Okay, now go to 24. I, I thought the total opposite. I said I did too. Go to, and I don't like that. Go to 24 versus 20. What would you say? Comparable. Oh, this guy's good. Pisses me off. Four, that's why. What? You think you'd be happy working with a guy like this? 6.1, 6.1 for 24. 24. Yeah. Now, how's 23 compare to, um, let's say, 21? Wow. 21's hard because you got with no field goals. They don't kick field goals for losers. You didn't hear about I, that? I said three field goals. As, I know I said three field goals is unlikely, but no field goals is even more unlikely. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. Um, because you're over under. At some point, you got to guess. You're over <laughs> 4.5. So 4.5 for. On 23. Do you have a closed circuit feed of this screen? It's 4.6. This guy, this is magic. I mean, you got to give the guy credit. I don't want to, but. Only in dreams music? (laughs) No, I mean, it's really great. It's really great. All right, so here's the numbers. 20 is 6.5. 21 is 3.4. 22 is 2.2. 23 is 4.6. So more than 21. If you would have said 23 more than 21, I would have bet a lot of money. Mm -hmm. 24 is 6.1. And then 25 and 26 are low. 1.4, 2.9. So, but 26 is almost the same as 21. 2.9 for 26. But. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, just, just the, the bagel on the field goals is hard. You know, you, oftentimes you get one. But really what you're saying is we're still in a good spot with the Bengals under because it, there wasn't really. We lost the 22. So, is, so we lose is, 2%. Is a, is a low mo- we want that. But the advantage of seeing the market go in this direction makes us like the under more. Yes. Yeah. So. And that's the thing. And let's take a minute and just think about the math. If you move one thing and it moves everything else, you can't, as a bookmaker, contemplate all the key numbers everywhere. You're just going to make a move. Now, to some degree, you're going to contemplate the, the the zero, the pick them on things like quarters and stuff, right? I mean, it's not like they're dumb. It's just there's so much to do and it's so hard. Some of these numbers are hard to figure out. To pull back the curtain and what's directly applicable in live wagering on quarter betting, all right, over under points scored in the first quarter and it's no one scored, all right? And so it starts at seven and a half, then it goes to seven, then it goes to six and a half. It is never, I'm going to use the word never, it is never correct to play under six and a half. And here's why. Six and a half and three and a half are the same thing. It's so it's impossible to get four or five. All you're fading is a safety at that point. All you're fading or, or, or two field goals, and there's no time to get two field goals in the final five minutes. So just wait. Just wait for three more or four more minutes of scoreless first quarter and then play under three and a half and get that under three and a half before it goes to three. That's why he's a guru at the end game. So just to recap, and you know, when you were in the restroom, Fez, we posed the question if there's any quarterback qualified to throw behind a bad offensive line, to play behind a bad offensive line, it would be Joe Burrow. So to some degree, <laughs> document right? history. Yeah. Yes. So I guess my question is: Do you believe this offensive line is better, worse, or the same as last year's that he brought to the Super Bowl? The hurt with the current injury status. I think worse this year. I yeah. agree. All right. So Vaz and I's best bet, and I'll say he had it first under twenty-one and a half since he team total. I also gave it on Monday, but at four the Bills. I still like it, but I points matter. And AJ, he says. Points be damned. Give me the bills, right? That's right. That's your best bet. That's my best bet. 
All right, we're halfway through. Okay, next game. I got a question. We were going to fine AJ for the charity because he refused to give a number. 60. Yeah, no, we got that. But <laughs> but now, Faz, I want your thoughts because you're very, you're very um, loving with the staff, unless they're your staff, you know. But if it's my staff, you're, all, you're like pro, right, you know, give Mackenzie more love, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mackenzie, it's been like three straight times I've been in the office when he knows I'd be in that he hasn't filled up the ice machine. What should I do? In Mexico, they drink the pop without ice. Excellent. That gives me more reason not to want to do that. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't look at Mexico and think, you know, I got to emulate them down there. Mm. I, mean, I, 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 want, I want this to be proactive. And the, yeah. and the number one thing about keeping my wife happy that I learned is the first thing I do. So who's the wife in this analogy? My wife. No, but we'll get to making that. It an okay. I'll, get, I'll get to that. So the number one thing you want to do when you check into a hotel is you grab the ice bucket and you fill it up with ice and your wife's happy wife, happy life. Well, I think you're making a mistake I, there. You know, they say almost every ice bucket has it's been puked in and that there's some kind of bacteria in it. You should scrub that thing like no, nobody's business. I think I'm going to be sick. <laughs> so I really, don't. what you're saying is the no, first no, thing you do— a, they, they, they put the plastic in first and oh, then put the ice. Yeah, they get the yeah. plastic thing now. Oh, well, that maybe, maybe, not, at how, hotel, may, maybe not at Motel 6, <laughs> but like I think this is this is pretty much three-star and above. They got the plastic. All right. That's nice. Living like you is nice. Mexico City, they don't have that Thank plastic. you, Caesars Palace. <laughs> So, Mackenzie, what do you think we should do with Mackenzie? Uh, have him go fill up the ice right now. Yeah, but the ice doesn't... Uh, I don't know if you're magic, but you can't make water into ice instantly. There's an Arco pretty close. I get back there and back in 90 seconds. No, no, that's all right. Now, that was a good answer. He was ready to run out to get... Yeah, that's so, strong. Did you just... get some A1 steak sauce while you're out? <laughs> what? what, are you having lunch? <laughs> I like the steak sauce better than the steak, but let's continue. Uh, which restaurant? Everyone. You're I eating bad I, steaks. Then. And actually, I'm at a not. good restaurant, you shouldn't even have steak sauce. They'll laugh at you if you get if you ask I, for steak sauce. I, I know. And you you don't mind as long as I'm not at Nobu. I get steak sauce. Nobu. You I don't, don't put need steak it. sauce on your sushi. I put it on my chicken. <laughs> you get chicken in Nobu? No, no. But uh, I put steak sauce on chicken. But we uh, we digress. <laughs> Next game. Which game is it? Giants, oh, Giants, Philly. Giants, Philly. Seven and a half is our line. Now, what do we know? We know the Giants started shockingly hot. And Fez was saying, they're horrible. Bah, bah, blue, boo. And Seinberg was saying, good, 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 good. Now, after a couple more games, halfway point of the season beyond, it was like Giants aren't so good. But then something happened. When the other teams that surged out, like Minnesota, started falling off, Giants seem to be getting better. The case could be made right now. Daniel Jones is playing as well or better than any time in his career. Some people think he's better than Brock Purdy. Lance Johnson looks like he's going to play. AJ, you had an interesting tweet about that that someone had about Lance Johnson's chance of playing. I had a tweet about that. Well, you didn't tweet. You had a tweet in pre-production that Lane you Johnson. Oh, Lane, Lane Johnson. Johnson. I didn't. Oh, know who, what did I say? Lance. Lance. Yeah. Oh, who's not Lance Trey Lance. Who's Lance Johnson? I don't I know. Her. I don't know who Lance Johnson. is. That's why I was. I was very confused. You but, couldn't make the. You couldn't think. Okay, he's saying Lance. It's Lane. It's no, a tweet. I honestly, How many tweets did you show me before? I thought it was a tweet that I tweeted. You were saying you had a tweet well, about. I would Lane. have to read that. I, well, no, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, Tell me about Lane. It was talking about Lane Johnson was literally picking up defensive linemen in practice today. 350 pound defensive linemen picking them up Good off their sign. feet. Good sign. If he's not playing after doing that in practice, then he's practicing too hard. You do know his birth certificate given name is Lance. I did not know that. 
Yeah, I don't either. I'm just hoping. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So what we know is is that the the the, the Eagles specifically started hot, hot, hot. Then there's question marks. Now, what are those question marks? Obviously, hurts. Now, some people would say, Fez, you heard whispers that he was going to be hurt even up through this game. Are you still hearing that? No, not at all. But I heard whispers when he had the injury, it was, it was a collarbone issue. But if it was a broken collarbone, he couldn't play. So Yeah, that, that which was a point I made on Monday. If it's a strain, it's got to – but you can re-injure. You know, who knows? Yes. All right. But there are questions of hurts. There's questions that of general injuries on Philly. There's questions of their trend line. They have not played well. Even going back, if you look at that Washington Monday night game on, if that was the season, this team would be a lot less – Great. It would be downgraded significantly. Would Ab- you agree? A- absolutely. And obviously, you've got the games without Hurts that they weren't as good, you know, but um, it's still a concern. Yeah. Going back to that, the the game where the Eagles beat the snot out of the Giants, that's where it was kind of a, a switch for both teams. The Giants, since that game, have been really good. The Eagles, obviously, there's some Jalen Hurts less mm-hmm. games in there, but they've been really bad. The Giants, since that game, Fourth in offensive DVOA in the league. So December 11th, it was late in the year. Eagles going to New York, win 48-22. Just a complete and utter blowout. Since then, the Giants have been the better team. And I would make the case that in that game, the professional money was on the Giants Mm. for whatever that's worth. And then we had the last game of the year. Giants didn't play cowardly, but they fought hard. They They didn't play their starters, and they still almost won the game. Covered. So let's think about <laughs> they, this. They, they dominated the fourth quarter. I, I, I can't get to they almost won the game because they, they they were down like 12 with like three minutes to play. And they got fair it. Enough, fair enough. When you lose, what was it, by three? Six. Was it six? 22-16, okay. yeah. It's funny, though, when Dallas lost to Philly earlier in the year by six or by nine. Missed the field goal. Somehow you, you had it where Dallas almost won. Well, it's because I had Dallas plus seven. Exactly. <laughs> so I think we got to lay the land here. It's over a field goal, but it's, you know, if you think about it now— we don't even have to debate this too much. You're saying it was in New York. Yes. Less than a, about a month ago, and it was seven. Now it's in Philly, and it's seven and a half. Mm, big adjustment. Big adjustment. Who's got the biggest play on this game? What do you got? Scott Seidenberg's best bet. Scott. Or excuse me, his bet. He's His second bet. His it's, best bet was the same as yours. but he's, I'm guessing he's got the Giants. Probably a safe bet. Let's listen. All right, I'm betting it. It's the New York Giants. And I'm only doing it at seven and a half. Okay. I don't want to do it at seven, but seven and a half is too, it's too good to pass up. And I think Fezzik would agree with that. The seven and a half is more valuable and it, and it makes it a better play than taking the Giants at plus seven. I think they're live to pull an upset here. Daniel Jones played the best game of his career last week. And now this team believes that they belong here. It, 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 maybe they felt that way, or or you can say that they felt that way going into the, the wild card game against the Vikings. But I think it takes a win for you to actually bring that confidence to the next level. Like, you can say all the right things in the media. You can say, we're supposed to be here. We're a playoff team. We're a good team. We're a good team. But until you win that playoff game, you don't really feel it. Now they feel it. Trust me, they feel it. All the talk coming out of the New York Giants camp is about how they deserve to be in this spot, and they are capable of pulling off an upset. Jalen Hurts did not look great, albeit it was his first game back, but in the final game of the regular season, he did not look great, and that was against the Giants' B team. 
Now they have to face the A-team. I pity the fool. But seriously, <laughs> I know you like that. Serious B-A, B-A. I, I think that the way that Daniel Jones played last week, the way this team has confidence in themselves, combined with Jalen Hurts not being 100%, and maybe the week off having a little bit of a, a rust factor, I think the Giants catch him by surprise. I saw this stat online, and forgive me because I don't know how long this trend goes back. I'm going to assume 20 years because that's like the, that's how far the database goes back. But it, it's for road teams that missed the playoffs last year, but they won a game the week before. So let me explain that better. We're basically talking about a divisional round team that is a, on the road. They won the wild card game last week, but they weren't a playoff team last year. So they get into the playoffs this year. They weren't a playoff team last year. They win a wild card game. Now they go on the road in the divisional round to play a higher seeded team. Those teams are 26 and 12 ATS. And I think it goes to everything that I said about once you get into the playoffs, it takes that one win for you to build up confidence and feel like you truly belong. And that's how I feel the, the Giants are playing right now. And the other trend that I saw, which uh, I texted to you guys earlier this week, is the divisional rematches in the divisional round of the playoffs. So if you look back since 2003, division rivals have faced off in the divisional round six times. The underdogs in those games are 5-1 ATS, 4-2 straight up. Most recently, Tampa Bay was a two-and-a-half point dog at New Orleans. They won 30-20. to in 2014, the Chargers were an eight-point dog against the Broncos. They lost 24-17. 2011, the Jets, a nine-and-a-half-point dog at New England. They won outright 28-21. That same year, Baltimore, a three-and-a-half-point dog at Pittsburgh. But Pittsburgh uh, won that one, 31-24. That was the one team that did cover. Uh, in 2009, Philadelphia, a four-point dog, beat the Giants outright in New York, 23-11. And in 2008, the Giants, a seven-point dog, won outright in Dallas, 21-17. So again, divisional rivals in the divisional round of the playoffs. So you're playing the team for the third time. The underdog, 5-1 and one ATS, 4-2 and two straight up. Giants are my second bet. Scott, from Florida somehow. I don't know how technology works, but that's good. Now, no one else has a best bet on this game or a full bet, but Fez, you got an opinion. Yeah, I lean Philly here, and I get it. Philly's not playing as well. Part of that is Hurts, you know, not playing. Part of it is that the team hasn't been as good on defense. But if I look at the—and Giants are playing better— but you look at the season-to-date statistics, and I'm going to give credit my, my buddy, the Ada Clubs. He goes by the Ada Clubs. He doesn't want anyone to know who he is, and that's mm -hmm. like the one card in the deck that is the most nondescript under the radar. I wouldn't say it's the one card in the deck. I mean, why is eight of clubs more nondescript than eight of hearts? Because hearts are more dominant than than clubs. Clubs are like so the, the most under-the-radar suits. This disagree? is interesting. If you had all 52 cards ranked, would Ace of Spades be the most Yeah, yeah. Descript? Where does Six of Diamonds fall? Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Here's my question. Is if you ranked separately the suits, it would be Spades first? Spades and Hearts. Then Diamonds, then Clubs. Diamonds and... Clearly. That's, oh, that's interesting. I think diamonds would be over hearts. Could be. Could be. All but right, clubs so, is going to be last. If you ask right, someone, right. pick so, a random so I got a suit. very specific question here. All right, so clubs are last. Yeah. Now, if you ranked the cards one or from two to ace, ace is going to be first, right? And Faces. Okay. 
right. So what? Right off the go, what's the the denomination that's the lowest ranked or the most nondescript? I would say the eight, eight. because it's right okay. in the middle. Now here's the question: What's the second most nondescript? Six. All right. What is higher? Six of diamonds? Oh, I'm sorry. Eight? No, six of diamonds or eight of clubs? Six of diamonds. Because the suit dominates. The suit does dominate. Yeah. But I think an ace of anything <laughs> is bigger than a seven of uh, or of any. I think an ace of anything. I agree with this that. This is such an absurd conversation. <laughs> I just wanted to see how he was thinking about it. Yes. All right. By the way, we looked at all buys in the playoffs. Okay. I didn't get my point, though, about the 8 of clubs. Oh, go ahead. Just real quick. Oh, okay. So, so I thought the point was the 8 of clubs. No, because so, so he, he he's like, call me a dinosaur, but this... This yards per play stuff is important, like when it's really disparate, and it is extremely disparate here. So the Eagles are plus 1.1 yards per play. That's like go to the Super Bowl type team. That's really nice. Um, Kansas City also is above one. Buffalo's above one. San Fran's at one. So all these teams, really, really big disparate. Uh, the Giants, despite the renaissance, if you will, they're minus 0.4. They have been outgained on a YPP basis for the year. Now, you can explain, hey, some of that's they're playing better. But still, the difference between these two teams is 1.5. That equates to a spread of 11. 11. And the spread is only 7.5. And, and really, if you think about it, and let's think about when the line was um, 7. And again, it was 7.5 at times. In, in New it, York. In New York. So now if we say five point or four-point swing— Right, so seven and a half, oh, ten and a half, right? So I mean, we're getting up where that, and that was probably not the. I was probably right around the high point for Philly, right? Because was that after the Washington? That was. That was after the Washington. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, so so in a weird way, Philly had just started dipping down a little, yeah. but. But Philly's numbers, I mean, Philly's numbers are still good, yeah, despite all for this the season. They're not yeah. good. They're not good since. They, yeah, the, the but, but they haven't been terrible like the past month, or they wouldn't be like still ranked, you know, well, tied for you second. Or, if or all third. we had was Giants since their renaissance, however you want to define that to be, and Philly since the Washington game, what would the line be? I, th- I mean, forget everything else. Probably Philly minus two. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so minus two on a neutral? Uh, no. If, so you're saying Philly, they'd be even teams? If that's all the only data we had on these teams, and we didn't have any priors, like going in, Philly was yeah. better. You know, so without any priors, if you said, I'm not going to tell you who these teams are, you know, it's like a black box, yeah. So in a way, what we're saying is, if you believe the recent games, Giants should be, or even teams. Yeah. If you look at the whole season, Philly should be favored by like 10 or 11. Yes. Thus you decide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is what this game comes now, down to. Now, how much, you know, Philly was carrying one loss. They didn't need any of these games. And you could argue, hey. Well, they need one of them. They need one of them. And they finally said, all right, we're going to beat the Giants. And, and, like, I get it. They didn't play particularly well, but they were up comfortably. They up 14, you know, in the fourth quarter. You know, so it wasn't like. That was it, an embarrassing game for it, being it, a It was win. embarrassing because the Giants played no one, and Philly should have just wiped them out because they needed the game. They should they, they should have won the first half by 20, not by 14 or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. Thir- I think it was 30. And then it, but here would be my other point on this. I don't see Philly as a team. I mean, remember, they almost <laughs> lost to the Colts. Right after that Washington game, remember? Yeah. It was, Sirianni's jumping up into the crowd, or he was doing like Randy Savage. The Colts. Yeah. Then yeah. we see what the Colts turned out to be. Um, the Giants beat the Colts by 28 points. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, it does feel like something. And I can't get past the idea of the priors. Philly was supposed to be 
the eighth or ninth best team in the league. Right? They, they, they were, were on, nine and a half. They were right they, with Miami. They were right with they were they were right with Dallas by the time when these okay, games. They fine. were, but yeah, Dallas they, was a, Dallas supposed to be eighth or ninth. Yeah. Let's not forget Dallas was the only team amongst the best teams in the league, the top eight or ten, that got worse in the offseason. That was the yeah. perception. Mm-hmm. Right? Every other team, it was an arms race. Uh-huh. Right? Dallas lost. You know, they were losing guys, and and to me, they've just been shockingly, you know, surprisingly good considering. But down, I mean. But remember, with Priors, the Giants weren't supposed to be anything. They're supposed to win seven games with a cupcake schedule. But we couldn't even comprehend how good they were going to be with, with. We with, thought Daniel Jones would suck again. Well, yeah, he's a franchiser now, yeah. something. And but, we thought Saquon Barkley was never was, was was on his way to being washed up, and he suddenly became the best running back in the league. All right, maybe second. We could make the case Dayball is one of the most impactful first year or coaching changes in yeah, the that, last 20 th- years. That's a great point because it's complete. How good was Dave going to be? Nobody knew, you know, and he's been great. And history says most coaches aren't good. Yeah. I mean, if you just look at the turnover, I mean, when you have Belichick and certain guy Andy Reid there for so long, otherwise there's no middle ground. There's not a lot of like 10, 11 year old, 10 or 11 year tenured coaches. It's usually they're their lifers. Hashtag Denver. <laughs> yeah, lifers or or you get the, the, the flame outs, but then you got the four or five years, people finally get tired of them and they won't ever get a job again. Hmm. I think given what he had to work with, Dayball, this is one of the best rookie head coaching jobs ever. ever. One of the best ever, I'd say. I mean, like, really, it's one of the best ever. And here's what I would say. Fez, I know you like the Eagles, and I know you like it's a Wong. Wong is right. Teaser. Right? Yes. But in this being one of the pieces. Home team. Yeah. Favored by seven and a half to eight and a half is one of the long qualifiers. Yes. Now it's better in the playoffs. Right? In general, games are tighter in the playoffs. I agree with that. Okay. So by the way, let's take a look at buys because Philly benefits from the buy. I've heard certain sports books won't take teasers in the playoffs, right? Yes, I've heard that as well. You've heard that or you experienced it? I have not experienced it with the places I played. Every single one of them has taken it. And we were talking in pre-production how it's interesting how – Ten years ago, the books were really, really cautious. Oh, my God, here come the playoffs. Let's deal minus nine, plus 101. You know, put the stopper up on that on those teasers. It's not happening. At least it hasn't been happening. Every book's dealing these games at market other than one big difference. Bookmaker actually was dealing Kansas City minus eight earlier today. Well, they just went to nine, minus nine. They don't want no more teasers at Bookmaker. Now, nine is not a key number at all. Even so, you could say, well, they're afraid to go to nine because they don't want the dog money. But then it's like, well, some books in the past and some still will say nine plus 105 or whatever. The Minus math, nine plus 105. Exactly. The, the math to make it where, hey, we're, we're getting you out of teaser range, but we're not exposing ourselves because we're changing exactly. the money. Exactly. The best of, of all worlds. Mo, you know, most books don't do that anymore. Because it pisses off the customers. The square ball customers hate it. Like, what? what is this? Well, well, I, I don't think square ball or not. I think the, the sharp should have the balls to hate it. I mean, it, it's it's despicable. Cockroaches. Cockroaches. Yeah. I mean, it's true. Yeah. I mean, who are we kidding? But, but the fact of the matter is, it could also be they're not afraid of these teasers. That they welcome them. Which is surprising because, you know, earlier in the year, the teasers did terrible. 
The, the, the favorites. The Wong favorite teasers, like through week seven, this is why the Survivor contest, like 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 80% of the field got obliterated by um, the middle of October because all these seven-and-a-half-point favorites were losing. But frankly, the last eight weeks, the, te- the Wong teasers have done very well. Well, it goes to show you, and listen, I hate shows that spend their time telling you why they're better than other shows. I hate that. There are certain things that are endemic that deserve a quick mention. And one of them is the people who are always telling you how dumb everyone else is. And I'm not talking about batters. I'm talking about other media people. And there was a couple pretty well-known guys saying, like, anyone who's playing teasers right now is so stupid. You know, they're losing. It's like, wait a minute. It's like you've got 50 years or whatever, 30 years of history that these are good plus. And we got a half a season. They're not so good. Is there a reason they're not so good? Okay, let's figure it out. Well, the line's sharper than ever. Well, that seems like it should help teasers. The the totals are lower. Things have changed. No, that's better for teasers. So, uh, listen, this is the great catch-22 of being in this business, or any business, really, is when does this— Because I'll tell you this. AJ had a great year. What was your overall record? Get your pencil out and figure that out. It was great. He was fourteen and five on his. It best was shockingly bets. great. That is seventy three percent, and that you know what? He was like two thirds overall. Fifty six and thirty two. Fifty six and thirty. And what about your top three picks? Thirty eight and seventeen. Amazing how he had those so ready. Thirty eight and seven. That's over sixty seven percent. Sixty nine point one. Yeah, I just doubled the one, and it was smaller. There you that's go. over sixty six point six. Boom. All right. <laughs> 25 and 1 is over 67%, guys. <laughs> 25. Yes. But here's the thing. I could have said AJ's way of handicapping is right. Mine's wrong. Thank God I didn't do that because I had a perfect week last week. Mm-hmm. AJ didn't. But the fact is, this was a strange season. And you should have had a good season. <laughs> you weren't supposed to have that season. Let's just say this. But, but the fact is, eventually, things do change. And there's a lot of people that are broke saying, but it used to be that way. So, Fez, to me, the I think almost everyone reacts too quickly to things, but I think some people react too slowly. And I want to be maybe in the 80th percentile, meaning I'm reacting slower than about 80% of the people or 79, mm-hmm. but I don't want to be amongst the slowest because in a way they're starting to wit. It's like the guys that own the big horseshoe um, changing places or whatever back in 1912, they're hoping cars are a fad, mm. right? At a certain point, you got to say they're not. I don't see anything fundamental that says, well, t- I will say there is one thing fundamental. That makes teasers less attractive. Uh, High variance of play, fourth down, going for it. That's a you know that really is a great point. So we 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 started out with the extra points being harder, and that hurt a little bit, but not that much. It's only one point. But then when when teams like the Chargers, like it's almost like a team in, in the NHL pulling their goalie, like with six minutes left in the game, all of a sudden you know the, there's a lot more blowouts in the NHL, and the same things happening. Um, you know when the Chargers last year started going for it from their own 28 fourth and five. It's kind of hard to cover seven and a half when you're doing that. Not to mention when teams are up, they keep throwing more, mm-hmm. which means it's it, it comebacks to get under that one score are going to be less. Yes. So in a weird way, that makes me actually like favorite teasers more. Like in a weird way, getting that eight or seven and a half or whatever, maybe in general it's better historically. 
But if you got a favor that's going to keep extending the lead. Because they'll, they'll, they'll blow it and lose outright. We see it all the time. Go see Baltimore this year when they got too conservative and they're up double digits and they do nothing in the fourth quarter. They, they, they don't just not cover. They lose. So I would say this. The thing that makes this so challenging is usually there's not enough data to ever know mathematically for sure. So, for example, how much is home field worth? We don't know. Because every year, things change. Mm -hmm. We know the trend line's been against home field, but we're not going to have enough data before the next thing changes to know for sure. Well, what about like the value of three? Well, we don't know because there's not enough games since they've changed the rules or since people started going for two more and different things. So you got to guess with numbers. I would guess the following. I think teasers are less attractive now than they – if I say for, for the next five years, how good were the Wongs do versus the last five years? Not I, as good. I would say not as good. Yeah. I also would say if we were scoring like we were last year and everything else was the same, meaning of this year, I'm not sure I think they're advantage anymore. I do think that you add in going forward on fourth, throwing from a lead, and additionally the high or um, – more points, let's say, because this year the points were down. But if we generally were up, what's it down this year? Like two and a half points? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we were up two and a half points, it might start venturing where these aren't advantage anymore. And advantage being all things equal, if you can go through three and seven and lay 110, uh, it's, it's, it's in theory you're, you win long term. But let me bring up one point with like the seven and a half point favorite, which is the cleanest. If you play, I'm going to talk about a seven-point teaser. Just bear with me while I'm doing that. Yeah. So you're, I'm going to tease a seven-half down to minus a half, all right? So the leg on that, uh, you're laying so minus— seven-point teaser. Seven-point teaser, minus 140 is industry standard now, all right? That equates to each leg being approximately minus 320, all right? Where I'm going with that is that if I had to play the money line on the Eagles, I'm not going to find a minus 320. I'm going to have to pay more than minus 320. So inherently, that doesn't make it profitable— but the teaser is better than the money line in all cases, as long as there's another candidate to play with them. Because it's the same bet. You're yeah. betting them to win. So conclude. wrap that up in a sentence of conclusion. In a sentence, you never play the Eagles on the money line. You play them in a seven-point teaser. It's, it's a superior bet. It's the same bet that's superior, as long as there's an adequate partner to partner you, that teaser with. And if the book has open tickets, it, that would it's that would Exactly. But that's a different question than should you play it. Mm-hmm. That's right. right. It doesn't make it profitable. It just makes it better, better. than the it's money. It's relatively line. better. Yes. But but by the way, Mackenzie, what's the best money line that, that we see right now in Philly, just by comparison? Okay, okay. So we'll get that for us. And then we got some data on how do buys do just in the playoffs. This is going back to not two- buying a half point, but getting the week off. B Y E. 2012 on, which we consider the modern era of the NFL, if you play all by teams and we don't count the Super Bowl, which is by versus by, 17 winners against the spread, 18 losers, one push. Nah. That's 0.22 net negative, net negative ATS margin. 27 and 9 straight up. I heard a lot of people talking about in the first round of the playoffs, if you win the game, you cover. Yeah, when the spread's won, yeah. it's kind of hard not to do that, right? I, I hate that trend on the wild card weekend because it's all the spreads before. Uh, the format's different now. Yeah, yeah. But for forever, I mean, what do you think's going to happen when you've got four two-point spreads, you know? The winner of the game's going to cover. It is interesting. Almost three points over in these games. So it's only 20, well, 20 and 16, so it's uh, 55.6%. Teams off a of bye. Off a of bye in the game. The game goes over. Mm-hmm. 
Three points. Mackenzie, can you look at the, the um, ATS performance uh, for points for and points against for the buy team there and see where it, is it more offense or more or better or worse defense? Yeah. I'm guessing it's more offense, but we'll see. More time for the offense to game plan and Maybe. Put, put in wrinkles. I that, pulled, I pulled some numbers on the one seed in the divisional round. Go ahead, please. 13, 25, and one ATS. 34%. You, you know, it's remarkable about this. I'm so, like, old school. I can remember back in the 90s when we talked about the best bet you can make is to take those buy teams. Vegas never adjusts enough. They use their power ratings and slap on only an extra half point, and these teams just crush the lesser teams. And I don't know why I said in one. It's 13, 25, and two. I've literally written down here, and some somehow my brain oh, that's turned fine. two and so, two. Say, say it one more time. 13, 25, and two. And these are number one seeds. Number since, one seeds since when? Since 02. I guess okay. it would have to be an even number. It would be an odd number, yeah. No, 02 is a, a fine demarcator because, if I recall, that was a playoff change at that point. Yep. If I, and in general, divisional round, road underdogs since 2002 are 42-33-1. and one. So that applies to both this game and the, the Kansas City-Jacksonville game in both scenarios. Wait, the, that's a divisional game? Yep. But but this isn't a divisional game? Divisional oh. round. Oh, divisional round. Yeah, the divisional dog. round of the playoffs. Okay. Which is this round. Yes. yes. So really what we're saying is if it's 17, 18, and 1 since 12, now obviously it's different years. Mackenzie, do that same search from 01. Because what's interesting is I, what I think we're going to see is the one seeds did poorly. We know that. How does that compare to the two seeds? Because that's been, except prior to last year. Yeah, and that, that there's going to be a fun, like last prior, year. I, I guess it's been two years prior. There was This is the third year. Yeah, okay. and it, that's going to be the new demarcator line. Is Well, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is mostly there's been ones and twos in this sample. Yes. And you, kinda, and you really should put the ones and twos, right, together, would you say? Well, that's the only ones with buys. Yeah. So who, who else would we throw in there? There'd be no reason to distinguish the ones only. Well, but but he just no, I think there is. Oh, is? But, I mean, the theory is it's the team You're that the people team to think that's the team mm. to beat. They got uh, you always hear home field through the playoffs, yeah. right? I mean, or maybe it's just random. But I actually think the one it's it's you see standings. It's like one team is ahead of the other. I mean, yeah. Now there is for sure, right? Sure. I mean, all right, so let's see here. So that era was 36 and 42 and two. So I got the two from you, AJ. Give me Thank the other you. two numbers again. Uh, Your numbers. 13, 25, and two. All right, so let's do the math here. I'm seeing 23 winners for the two seeds, and I'm seeing 17 losers and no pushes. So is that right? So we got That's 40. Right. And you, so there's 40 games. Yep, 40 games. All right, so there we go, Faz. I did that live. You following? I, I am, but I can't. I still struggle with why is the number two seed that gets the. I get the number one seeds better, but no, why? No, it's th because that seed is winning, and they know they're going on the road. That's psychologically a very. And I don't know why it would have an effect, but it seems different to me than you're home and you know you're going to be home. Mm. Like, well, right? I also think you have to pay the tax on the best teams, usually, right? I, I think, think that's, that's part a, of it. That's a good point. And, and wouldn't you say Kansas City right now? We're all and, and you're probably playing. I bet the average line in these games are very different because. Oh no doubt, you're right? Just, because you've got the better team playing a the, the the worst team. I mean, think remaining. about. I think Kansas. Let's say there were two buys. But it was uh, Buffalo was the two seed, let's say, this year. Buffalo had the bye. Kansas City had the bye. Now Kansas City's playing Jacksonville. 
Buffalo's playing since he doesn't it feel very different to you? Very different. Yeah, and it's not always going to be like that, but, but a lot of times it's going to be that way. Yeah, because so, there's always going to be that crap because you, you've you've got a wild card against the crappy division winner, and the and the winner of that game gets the best team. So to repeat, since 2001 in the playoffs, the one seed as AJ uncovered for us 13, 25, and two in the division round. That's ATS. The two seed 23 and 17. Pretty good, AJ. Thanks. See how I took your stuff and it was all right. And then we shined it up. I like it. What else we got in this game? I've got some numbers on Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones overall as a starter is 32 and 22 ATS, 59%. 32 and 22, okay. As an underdog, 27 and 15, 64%. On the road, 18 and 7, 72%. As a road dog, 17 and 5, 77%. Ooh, now that's a good trend. Now, like New York, high pressure areas, sometimes you get out of there, it's good. Well, and generally, like the Giants have for a while now, maybe it is just Daniel Jones, they've been playing better on the road than they have at home. Okay, we got the buys here off the playoff team buys. Ooh, this didn't tell us anything. It was 1.4 points better offense. And then 1.6 points worse defense. That means play over. <laughs> yeah, it does so tell it, us something. But why would the defense be worse after a bye? Yeah, I don't know. Still, that three points is meaningful. It, it is. Hmm. By the way, so last week, 5-0-1 to the over on the games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Or 5-1 and one to the over. So it, are we paying a point spread tax on the over? So it was 0-1 or 5 and one. I mean, what was the Dallas final? It, it opened 45, closed 46, landed 45. All right. So you're saying it's hard to say. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, are we paying? Well, I tell you this. You told me that the, uh, we, that the bookmaker would not put a tax on it. Yeah, that's right. correct. So if we look at the, now, the only way there could be a tax then is if the opens or if the totals are higher than the open, right? Jags chief 52, uh, open 52 now, 48 Giants, 48 and a half, but it's under 13. So it's, I don't know, it's 48 out there. And since Buffalo got rocked down, down way yeah. down, yeah. Down from 50 to 48. And then Cowboys Dallas up a half. I would say maybe Cowboys Dallas because Dak looks so good. Last game, yeah. people are going to keep betting over. Like, that's, I, I agree with you. If there's one game I'd forecast that total is going to go higher, it's that one. And yeah, and you think in public money potentially. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So what else we got on this one? Anything? Yeah, travel. Giants right. fifth road game in six games. Normally I'd be like all over. I, I, I it's a major concern. I don't know if it's that big of a deal. Because Just because the travel here is short. The travel is short. So I've been studying the Civil War. So <laughs> so Washington is close to Philadelphia, which is close to New York. So those are three of their um, of five road games are for the Giants were Washington and uh, Philadelphia. Oh, Nelly, we just time-shifted. We were giving Fez of his, his own medicine. Then he kind of sinks in his seat and goes, I have to leave at 9. And he's like, you know, he's right. He never has his deadline. He's always here, he, you know, and ready to go late. So we're going to f- finish up for you, Fez. All right, we're pretty much done with this game. Oh, by the way, what we're doing is we took a, let's just say a horrible story from AJ, and I'm trying to make it a good story. We were workshopping it, and then Fez says, I got to go soon. So what you're going to do at the end of the pod, we're going to give you a choice. When Fez says, we're out. Be careful out there. You can listen, and there's going to be more. Us, the horrible story and what becomes of it is coming up. Any closing thoughts on this game? None. 
He's like, no nonsense, baby. <laughs> Last game, Jacksonville, Kansas City, Kansas City, eight and a half. We know Andy Reid off a of bye. McKenzie will pop up that number in a moment. We've got a situation where Mahomes, the likely MVP, the line is eight and a half. What is that saying? Kansas City's clearly better. Now, some of us might say, Kansas City, how do they do in playoff games? We know they don't do well as big favorites, but what about in playoff games? We'll explain that to you. And Jacksonville, a monster comeback. Now top five of all players in the NFL in AJ's top five of all players. They started three and seven. They finished seven. They don't finish. They lead up to this game seven and one. Still a touchdown underdog. Who's got the biggest pick on this game? My bet is on the under in this game. So it's a bet. Explain. It's my yeah. Uh Andy Reid at home, unders 59%. Chiefs as seven or higher favorites, unders 69% under Andy Reid. The final score from the Chargers game, I think, is making the Jags seem like something that they're not, like they're some sort of offensive juggernaut. They didn't really start pushing the ball down the field until they were down 27-0. Same thing in the Dallas game, same thing in the Jack or in the Baltimore game. And yeah, and the only reason they were down big is because of turnovers. Their defense has actually been playing a lot better down the stretch this year. Uh, the Jags have, have been more of a ball control team, and really the Chiefs live on ball control. So Jags defense, again, improved. They, they live on ball control because the opponent takes away the, 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 the these longer passes. Yes. And, and, and Andy Reid's perfectly, and Mahomes are willing to take well, what they give it Last to year they weren't. It yeah. was a concerted effort, training away Tyreek Hill. Yes. Yeah, and there's clean, flat 53s available right now, so under 53 will be my uh, my second bet on this card. Okay, I don't like that. Okay. And here's why. It presupposes that you got the trend about, okay, if they're big favors. Well, that presupposes they're going to get a lead, grind it out. But we just said Jacksonville is one of the best comeback teams in the league. They've had, they were trailing in almost every game during this mm-hmm. win streak. We know about the Chiefs coming back. So we looked at the playoffs since Mahomes' era, and we can start with that Patriots game in the AFC Championship game way back. Remember the offsides and last Patriots Super Bowl is— That was a high-scoring game. (laughs) They were 14 points, though, down in that game, uh, the Chiefs were. Then the next year against the Texans, down 24 then against the Titans the next game, down 10. Against the 49ers, down 10. They win and cover all of those games. Then they play the Browns the next year. They weren't ever down. Then the Bills down nine. Then they play the Super Bowl against the Bucks. They were down big and lost big. Then against the Steelers, who they crushed. They were still down seven, down seven against the Bills, down three against the Bengals. So literally one game they didn't trail in this entire run from the Patriots game on. So we got a Jacksonville team, if they get down, they fight back. We got a Kansas City team, if they get down, they fight back. One of the main things about totals is if a team gets up, does the other team have the ability to come back? Because then both teams have to score. If the other, one team, the team trailing doesn't score, they really, the other team sits on the ball and it really just deadens the game. Faz, what do you think? From a pure white, I agree with you. And from a pure YPP perspective, we've got one team, Jacksonville, that's a slight over team. All right, their average defense slightly above average offense and Kansas City we have a dead nut over team and that their offense is so phenomenal historically good and their defense is yeah it's above average but if you add it together for the net two teams I got a factor for all the teams for the four games in terms of how's the total versus an average total and Jacksonville Kansas City rates as a 1.0 by contrast 
Giants Philly 0.1 positive numbers mean over mm-hmm. versus league average of 45. Cincinnati Buffalo 0.3. Dallas San so Francisco. What, is, what, what zero. does 0.3 mean? 0.3 means if if if, if these teams were across the board league average YPP, uh-huh. they'd be a 0.0. So these right. teams. So each any team is positive like, number means you're above the average score. That's right. And, and what the average score this year is how many points? I think it's up to like uh, I don't. 43. I think it's 44 and a half. Oh, I don't think it's... It might not be McKenzie can get this out real quick. Yeah, um, well, thank you. Oh, boy, there's a stat here that jumps out, though, that helps AJ. Uh, good stat, McKenzie. I'll talk about it in a second. Will you give me the average scoring this year? Just boom. Including playoffs, 44 points. All right. So forty. And what was it before the playoffs? Just say, uh, yeah, equals zero. You know what I'm saying? I think you were right, RJ. That was below 43 at one point during this year. Yeah. Yeah. But what, I'm going to see just – and I'm not saying we don't count last week. I just 43.8. So it only went up two tenths because of that. Okay. All right. So let's call it 44. Nice round number. So what you're saying is if the number's positive, you would expect more than 44. But to what degree? Is it how many points over? So if you say 0.3, it's a third of a point? No, no, it's way more than that. Then how do you? What is it? Um, I don't know. Okay, but but I'm, what I'm saying from my perspective is like all these other all these other totals are 48, 50, 46, and these teams are like ranking like they're they're like they're 0.1, 0.3. They're they're really close to zero, mm-hmm. and this game has a 1.0. That's a big fact. Wouldn't you say that because Kansas City lands under more than over, and you said your your metric makes them a dead nut over team? Doesn't that tell you that they're the books are charging more for an over on Kansas City? Sure. Well, listen, it's 52. That's well, it's 53 high... now. Okay, well, I'm seeing... Yeah, they, they bet it up. It's 53 in some places. In some places. Yeah. Okay. So, Mackenzie, uh, can we make sure this page is refreshing? I want to make sure, because we got it at 52 right now. Yeah, that's showing uh, the book that's representative of 52. There's 52, 52 and a half, 53. Yeah, so up. we don't need to scream it's 53 when it's 52 and 53, right? No. Yeah. Now no, the previous three's out there. Yeah, yeah. Now, the prior, these two teams played, 27-17, one under. Kansas City won by 10. But Kansas City at 486 yards turned the ball over three times. So phony final. Kansas City actually dominated that game. Should have won by 17. Should have scored more points. I, I'm conflicted because then I look at this number. Andy Reid off a of bye. Okay, and this is uh, playoffs end. Okay, I'm actually interested in now. Th- this is uh, this is both. I'm going to give you this first. Both. Off a bye and not off a bye. Oh, I'm sorry. Both playoffs and regular season. But then McKenzie was going to give us just a playoff. So if you combine them, he's 29 and six. We know about his great record. Uh, he's winning those games by over eight points a game. His ATS is 22 and 13 at 63 percent over four points, more than four points better ATS margin. But look at this over this under is shocking seven overs, 27 unders, one push, four and a half points under. Now, I'm going to see now the playoffs. I haven't heard this part of it. This looks like yeah, this I, I, want no, I want no part of over given this. Yeah. I, but to me, you got to hope for a close. Hmm. Because if Jacksonville gets up 10, we got no doubt KC scoring. Oh, chucking the ball all over the field, too. Trevor Lawrence seems to play best when he's behind. No. So that worries me. So is there a way to make a bet that we can have the total correlated to a close game? I guess Jacksonville in the under. Yeah, in a weird way. But, it's, but you know what? It could still be twenty-four nothing. <laughs> like, like, yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. The game script could Is produce it, a, a a close game, but but both teams score four straight times. How about the biggest lead of the game parlayed to the under? 
They probably won't let you do that. But biggest lead of the game. And no. we'd go under biggest lead and under on the total. And, and only in our dreams. We, I'll try, but they won't. No, miss. they won't. I know. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is I that, like the thought. Yeah. Like, is there any other way to get at that? I guess could we hmm, – they won't let you like – they? that's interesting. Would they let you parlay first quarter bats with second quarter bats with third quarter – like, say, no. But why they're not correlated, are they? Yeah, they are because the end the of the fourth quarter. Like if be. you played first quarter as an example under seven and a half mm-hmm. to second quarter over, a lot of times it's seven nothing and teams driving at the end of the first quarter. And so if they don't score in the first quarter, it's more likely they scored the start oh, in the second quarter. I wouldn't quarter. have thought of that. That's good. That's good. That's good. So the theory is you would if you could parlay, you would go. But see, that runs counterintuitive. The theory is if there's a bunch it's of a points. Game script. I know it's counterintuitive, but So it's maybe like, it evens out. I don't think it does. So there's no place you've ever seen it will let you uh, parlay the first second. No. Bookies are scared. Yeah. But AJ has a little celebration on set. Andy Reid off of buying the playoffs. Ten games, one over. Yes, nine unders. I do have your answer, though. I do think if the game is, like, tied or close at the end of the third quarter, you could play live under. Because then you're getting the game script you want. Okay, because the, the theory is it could get a blowout and a comeback, but not enough time. That's right. So maybe it's more at halftime. Yeah. But the, 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 the more we can chop the game down, the better it would be. Yes. Because what we're afraid of is one team coming back. Yes. Because they both seem capable. Or you could play the first half under if it was like 10-10 in midway th- early in the second quarter. You, so you know it's going to be a close game in the first half. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But t- I'm just throwing things out. Yeah. All right. So I think, I mean, considering these stats, if I had to play it, I would play under. Uh, the thing that concerns me is no hurry. Everybody's betting over. Yeah, five zero and one last week. So far, it looks like seventy six percent of the tickets on the over. So maybe we play this under at post. I maybe. like that. Maybe I'm not, I'm not sure though because here's the thing: Andy Reid when he decides, to, like, let's think of the 49ers game. If you watch the 49ers against Kansas City, you're never betting under. Yeah, on that team. Yeah, you're right. So the question is, there's some people who believe Andy Reid holds the good plays. He's got these plays. He knows it will work. And he, he doesn't want to put them on film. Them. Yeah. And maybe he won't need them in this game either. Which is why I think pass. if it's a close game, it's even better. Yes. And, and thus, his scores would be depressed throughout the year because he's not using the good plays throughout the year. So the, the truth of this team is better than their stats is the assumption. Mm-hmm. And they do seem to play well in competitive games. Coming in, you know? So if this is competitive, yeah. And if Jacksonville, I tell you this, I've heard people talking about Kansas City and the off or the defense. And I think this is a really good point. And we got to do this fast. How young is the team and what is their trend line? Mm -hmm. Because more than a few people have told me or I've listened to them say, is bad coaches tend to like older players. Because they're not thinking they're going to wear down. They're not thinking. They just know they know what they're doing. It's not hard to coach them. You get the 33-year-old. It's a little slow, but he knows his assignment. I I think that makes sense. A good coach is willing to say, this kid's got more potential. There's going to be some growing pains. But come playoff time, he's going to be fresh. And if you look at that KC defense, a lot of young players have been getting time. I think that's documented in Hoops Dreams when Isaiah Thomas sat and the coach was like, oh, in retrospect, I should have played Isaiah Thomas for my high, on the high school team. You think? Maybe so, yes. <laughs> well, hindsight benefits. But but to me, I like that Kansas City has been playing younger defensive guys. It's probably made their stats not look as good, mm. but they're probably better now than we thought they'd yeah. be. And that would lend to, towards the under two. Um, but, boy, I... 
Let, let me ask you this. Which of the team totals do you like under? Like, if you think about it, you see Kansas City not scoring? Nope. And do you see? I don't know. Jacksonville's defense has been much better lately. But not against the. Look at the quarterbacks they've played. That's true. They got to play Dobbs. Yeah, let's let's run it down. They got to play the Jets with their god awful quarterback. So it's been bad. And when they they got to play Houston, when suddenly Houston wanted organizationally not to win for the first time. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So asterisk, asterisk, asterisk on those three games. So let's do it like this. Give me the games that they played elite quarterbacks. You know, let's say top eight. Dallas gave up a zillion points. All right, so AJ, are you going to put I'm this? pulling that up right now, yep. It's a slow it's a slow haul for you. You know, I just, I, just had an epi- I just had an epiphany. Like, with the right. Jacksonville, with those three games, everyone's talking yeah. about how well they're playing. Yeah, because, like, like look at look at what a nice, um, you know, threesome they got in that in a row there. Uh, Dallas, 40. Mm-hmm. No, actually, Dallas, 34. They, okay. won, they won, so they put up 40. All right. Um, Chiefs, 27. Uh-huh. Should have been more. I mean, that, that was a game where they were in total control. I had it plus nine and a half. I can remember. Go ahead. Uh, Ravens with Lamar put up 27. Uh-huh. And Eagles put up 29. What Herbert put up? I wasn't going to mention Herbert because he was saying. Well, what's Herbert put up? Uh, Herbert put up 10. Shut up. First half? So the only good quarterback that didn't put up 27. Oh, well, maybe. He got well, two Ru- tries. Russell Wilson put up. 17. You think Russell wanted. Wilson's good? I, I didn't know if you wanted to. Uh, but, no. But okay. Herbert had two games. What was the other game? Uh, why? Oh, in the oh, in the playoff game, uh, they put up 30. Okay. So really, what we're saying is, except for Herbert, it's like 30 points a game against good teams. Hmm. That's that doesn't lend itself to the under. And now the um, good plays come out. No. And the trend you just you had the trend that favored the over for teams off of buy, right? No. Remember okay. that was nine and one to the under. Andy Reid off. No, not of, Andy Reid. Oh, oh just gen- generic no, teams. But that was three points to the over, that one. Yeah. yeah. So, so but, they conflict. I don't yeah. like confliction. Yeah, but I tell you, when one guy's one and nine to the, you know, towards the under, I, I, I'm thinking that's bigger than three points, you know, league wide. I, I, I have a serious question here yeah. on the spread. Obviously, it's a long teaser. All right. Okay. Why? Wh- who is laying eight and a half? What could possibly make this line go up to nine, other than a bookmaker getting overloaded with teaser it's exposure? It's starting to go to nine. Yeah, but, well, maybe it's teaser exposure because, like, like if you if someone walked up to me as a guy that managed betting syndicates and uh-huh. they said, "I just laid eight and a half," I'd say, "You're fired. Why didn't you tease this game? It's better to tease it." Yeah, but here's the thing, and this is something that Matty Holt talked about: the books are getting better at understanding the correlation of their exposure. Mm. So, in a way, every teaser that's bet is. And you could do the math is a fractional bet on that's a great point on so that maybe, team. So maybe the books actually have two hundred thousand on the dog and one hundred fifty thousand on the favorite, but they're still going higher because they're like, but we got we're this, exposed this, this much half on a mill on the teaser. Yeah. Well, wouldn't it be a factor that there's only two legitimate advantage teaser legs this week, where in a normal week there's seven. Well, there's going to be you mean so, that there's going to be more disproportionate batting, right? Well, that's yeah. even worse. You're going to get pummeled with it. So you know, on on this game, I really I, I played the teaser. Um, I don't think there's that much variance in this game. I think I think Kansas because City, teams can come back. Yeah, I think Kansas City wins by eight point four points, which makes your teaser more valuable yes. in theory. Okay, I agree. And listen, guys, there can't be picks on every game because the only time there's a pos- or a positive EV pick is if the line is wrong. Now let's do the math here. Could this line be? I mean, seven and a half doesn't even make it a play. So should it be seven? No, everyone in the world would lay KC. Should it be? But that doesn't matter. Yeah. What should it be? It matters. But we're saying, would that be a fair line splitting half the result? No. 
And what about 10? Uh, give me give me double digits in Jacksonville. So to me, it feels like we're yep. in that Neverland. And I don't now listen, if the line should be seven and a half, it's nine and a half. Yeah, you, you got a bat, but I don't know. It feels like you you're squinting on the, I tell you this, if I had to play it, I'd play the Chiefs, the more I think mm-hmm. about it. Because I do got a feeling they've been resting. Don't we just live wagering, wait for the Chiefs to give up a score, and then get them, get them below minus seven? What significance is this game being first? Do the Chiefs want to make a statement? I don't think it matters. Okay. So it what saying, helps the Chiefs because Jacksonville played last week. Yeah, yes. but you're saying if the if – the, but they played Saturday. Yeah. If you're saying, though, let's say the Bills were first and the Bills win by 21 – and then, then the Chiefs play the Jags. You don't think that helps the Chiefs? I don't think so. Okay. I do think if the game start, this is a one one last important point. Since we already went five zero and one to the overs, if we get two overs on Saturday, I could see the Sunday totals going up, 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 up. But that, so that'd be my last point to be aware of, and I'll probably would fade that on the late games. All right, guys. Any other thoughts? Any game? Any thought? Take a minute and ponder. <laughs> All right, so let's repeat. My best bet, San Fran minus three and a half. If I had my druthers, it would be even a bigger bet. Though, remember, there's a huge overlap, so make sure if you bet both of them, you're considering that if you win one, the chances are you're going to win the other, though not exactly correlated, is under in the cow, I'm sorry, over in the San Fran. Yeah, I'm going to go. Over in the San Fran, right? We're going to go Cincinnati Bengals under 21 Oh, that's it. Okay, so I'm sorry. So that's so a my best bet was San Fran. My second bet was going to be Buffalo, but now I'm going Cincy under. That's right. And I mimic you. My best bet is San Francisco minus 3.5, wisdom of the Sharps. Mm-hmm. And I'm going Cincinnati Bengals for a bet under 21.5 team total points. And, and to be full disclosure, you're the one that made me see the Cincy under I like and even you, better. And you got me on San Fran from the get-go. Eh, I don't know about that. But anyway, the, the Bills... Uh, I do kind of like, but the line's gone up, but it doesn't concern AJ. AJ? My best bet, Bills minus five. If it was eight, would you still lay it? No. Okay. Uh, and a- my my second bet is under 53, Kansas City, Jacksonville. Any? Let's get one one prop for a little bonus prop. What do you got? You know, and- I'm going to look to all the quarterbacks, rush yards over. Now, the hitman was on the Josh Allen over, but mm-hmm. this is the time of year. The season-long averages don't work. I'm going to play every quarterback, rush yards over. I think we go five and three. If Herbs was there, though, what would you do? I would go under. I would play every Over Herbs? Run. He doesn't run. He actually went over. He got one 12-yard run in the uh But in just in general, that was an accident. It was just because it was, it, it was like they parted the Red Sea for did him he, to get did 12 Did he run yards. out of bounds? No, the whole defense that he's such a wussy, he won't run. Yeah. Can you believe Steve Fezzik's calling your guy a wussy? Oh Alright, so here's what we're going to do. We got uh, the uh, time-shifted story coming up, but Fez, you, you got an, uh, some uh, engagement. You got to take us out. Hey, Hey, let's be careful out there. They say when people start studying the Civil War, it's when uh, it's like at the end. Like they're they're sitting, they're, they're usually in a place where they have a blanket on their lap. You recommended that book to me about a year and a half ago. I, that worries me. Yeah, there's a difference between reading a book versus studying. Like he's he's planning on going to Gettysburg. He's got maps with like yeah. strings and exactly. Pins. I think. <laughs> oh my gosh! You know why they went to Gettysburg to get shoes. The South. They were out running out of shoes. That was one of the main reasons. Well, did you ever see Gone with the Wind? Never saw it. Can you believe it? It's like top ten of all time. Well, you know, it's by it's, some. It's, yeah, some some say it's problematic. Mm. I think we can only judge things at least 
in the era that they were made, right? So um, that said, there is a great scene in that. I saw in the theater once. It was an amazing spectacle. Just a, And people love that movie. People came. To, it was like a one-time showing. I think it was at the Orleans. Mm. And I guess maybe the Orleans makes sense. I don't know. New Orleans. That was the last battle of the Civil War, if I'm not mistaken, right? It was at the War of 1812. They were fighting the Damn Gulf of Mexico. Damn the torpedoes full speed ahead. That was New Orleans. No, I think that's a punk song. from New Orleans Detroit. fell in like 1863. Steve, you're so off. It's ridiculous. The war wasn't over till 65. No, but New Orleans fell. But why would that be the last battle of the war? It wasn't. Then what are you talking about? No, you said it was the last battle of the war. Yeah, I didn't I, say it. And what, but then why are you talking about because it? Because AJ talked about that, that you're mixing up with the War of 1812. With the... No, I said I think I was. Oh, and you were correct. <laughs> <laughs> the Battle of Palmito Ranch. Is considered uh, as the final battle of the American Civil War. Yeah, I never even heard of that. That was yeah, they be kept before fighting the, in the uh, West. before they the Appomattox Courthouse. They didn't know that surrender. the war was over. They kept fighting in like states like Missouri, Tennessee. You know, if you go to certain parts of Japan, they're still fighting World same, War II. Same thing. Yes, <laughs> it is wild. Oh, this is interesting. It, inflation adjusted highest grossing movies of all time. Number one, Gone with the Wind. Two. Star Wars. Three, Sound of Music. Four, what was the name of that movie? The about Avengers. The, no, no, no. <laughs> what was... You got any other jokes? No. What was the name of that movie that the girl was walking around almost naked because she got beat in L.A.? Yeah, I can't... You love that, that movie. Walk no. of Shame. Yeah, the Walk of Shame, How number How is that four. not there? <laughs> walk of Shame, number four. See what, see what the gross of Walk of Shame was? Yes. A domestic gross? <laughs> Let me ask you a question. When I do, when you hear me say four, do you have an idea I got a joke? Like there was three listed. Uh -huh. Did you think I was going to say something funny at that, or at least try to say something funny? I didn't know. You didn't, didn't care. You just tried a joke and you were like, I'm going to barrel forward no matter what. Sorry. <laughs> All right. You wanted to be a professional comedian once, uh, didn't you? No, but I did like to tell jokes at one point. <laughs> that, that's dead now? It's dead That now. part of you died. <laughs> you've, you've killed it. You know, well, you're the, responsible the, for the that. The audience is thanking yeah, me, and your kid. kids are thanking me. Who isn't thanking me for that? Beat it out of me. Ask your wife. Say, hey, do you feel like I'm telling you less jokes? She's like, in the last couple of years, you've gotten a lot less funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because, no, she probably didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> she probably said, hey, honey, I just want to thank you for... <laughs> okay, Fez, $8 million of domestic gross. It had a budget of $15 million, So they almost made half... Or they made about half their money back. That's not good. Maybe you should f finance Walk of Shame 2. <laughs> <sighs> I think the reason Walk of Shame 1 got financed was Harvey Weinstein was involved. That's... <laughs> That's interesting. That's inter was, was it Miramax? I don't know. I just made that up. I just oh, assumed so, like the oh. only reason you would make a movie like that is if you're going to. No, I understand the joke. I was just seeing if it could actually be on point and maybe Miramax <laughs> produced it. Um, do you think, do you agree with me on the travel? Like the, it minimizes this. No, I don't like seeing or... poor women like battered walking through. Uh, oh, wait. She's not, not poor. <laughs> poor as in she's been beaten uh, battered. That I agree with. Yes. Do you watch like Saw and torture porn, like that torture stuff that people? I don't, like, it's I'm a regular team. Saw, S A W. Oh, S A. Yeah, I like yeah. the Saw. I you like do. It. So you yeah. like to see people hurting. I only when they give them a fair chance to escape. No. <laughs> Not when it's rigged like, against them. Kind of like the world. What was that? The most dangerous game? There was like a. a Where they're hunting people. Yeah, I yeah, think that was, I love that. Be one of the ones sitting in like hunting the people. Wasn't that like the island of Doctor Moreau? I think that was. Yeah. All right.
Let's bring it back. Travel. Go ahead. I'm asking you. Do, what, do you think that it's such a short road trip? Does it really matter if it's five road and six? Well, I don't think it's – I think that even if they were at home, you could make the case they the fatigue. Right? So there's the fatigue that happens because you got to travel that week, and there's the accumulated fatigue. Yeah. It seems to me the accumulated fatigue would be the case regardless, and and, and even some travel makes it even worse. Yeah. Not to mention the whole – a different hotel, even though you play there once a year, you know, if it's in division, right? Um. You know, that's, that's interesting because they just played at Philly. That's what's week 18. So that's got to be advantageous for the yeah. Giants because we talk all the time about, like, teams that stay in New York and mm-hmm. play back-to-back in New York. Yeah, they yeah, stay yeah. same ho- same hotel, same routine, bank, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Scott said this the other, the other day, and I don't know if you guys agreed with it or not, but he said during the playoffs, home field is, is worth more. It feels like to me like the road team is more excited to be on a road trip in the playoffs than they would be in the regulars. Like you, the, your home, mo- your well, the home crowd's going to be more yeah, excited. Yeah, I think yeah. the frenzied home crowd. Like if you saw that Minnesota Giants game, that I mean, Skull fans were into that. I mean that that stadium was just alive. I guess I'm just thinking as the road team, you're not you're not worried about the inconvenience because it's such a big game that you're hyped up no matter what. Here's what I would say. This would be an interesting study if we said. Let's have a team. So, Fez, in your rankings, what's a if I said plus nine, would you say at the end of the year, half the years are someone at plus nine in your rankings and half the years is not? Is that fair to say? Eight and a half. All right. So that would be the average best team in the league yes. is going to be over under eight and a half. Yes. Let's agree to that. I think if you have plus nine and a half, so this is clearly a better half of the uh, history type number one team of the year. A little bit better than, you know, 65th percentile, let's say. Yeah. I think those teams do so well on the road. Usually that's the distinction. Like I the agree. Patron, that, that they, they, that will trump, that makes it seem like less of an advantage. I think if you're not one of those teams, it's probably more of an advantage because there is the phenomenon of that home crowd and stuff. Yes, yeah. I agree. So, but but I do think occasionally, I don't think it was, maybe Kansas City's like that this year. Maybe Buffalo's even like that. But New England was always like that. Yeah, like they were yeah. so good. And San Fran was like that back. They, you in could the 90s back them as a dog on the road, and it was just print money. They or should have been the, favored. The Cowboys um, in the that three three Super Bowls which early nineties. Yeah. yeah, they 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 could play road. Not as well, but they could almost as well. And I think that that that's interesting. But mm-hmm. a team like Giants barely made the playoffs, though you could say they they sat week, you know, eighteen. Yeah. But still, they. I mean, if you look at their power, I mean, I bet even three weeks ago, Giants weren't one of the top fourteen teams. Oh God, no! But now they've um, they've rallied. So I've got the Giants up to twelfth. Yes, but yeah. they were but but they were like they were an average they were, team. They were like nineteenth. Yeah, like just so a average teams ago. in a playoff frenzied environment on the road are against a team that's that was thirteen and one. They ball though very good. Very you good. Know? Um, okay, so this is home games in the playoffs and um, playoffs versus not playoffs. All right, and amazingly there was uh, let me see a hundred and seven and four hundred and eleven games, the ATS margin. Zero point zero. That's crazy. They got exact. Is that to the point? Can you add up the points for me? Yep. What's the trend? One more time. Uh, home teams in the playoffs have covered forty eight point six percent of the time since two thousand twelve, but their the ATS margin is zero point zero. Hmm. Now that is strong. To two decimals, zero point zero zero. Yeah, that's why I think it's actually. That's why I think it's actually the exact. It's got to be exact. If it is, I, I'm going to put that tweet out before mm-hmm. this this comes out. Because that's good. How long is it taking him to figure this out? <laughs> I actually don't know how to, other than Then tell me you don't know how. I'll fix you, baby. First off, let's do this. 
you know how I showed you before to have the output be a certain way? Yeah. Just have points, right? Both, and then just take that into an Excel and sum it. Got it. I got the answers, Faz. Mm. Leads to some things, you know? Although I don't know if you have the answer to I this. I know the best Peruvian chicken in Vegas. Where is it? I can't tell you. Because it's a small place. I don't <laughs> want it to get crowded. Fair enough. If I'm not comped, I won't go. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the Giants feel it sounds like you don't really have much, though, on this one, right? I was letting you guys talk. I got a lot. Okay. Not really. I <laughs> No. I mean, here's what I think. I was a big Philly fan. I was kind of making fun of you for not being higher on Philly. Something seems off to me. I agree. And when I do think about the playoff or, or the, the priors, it does make me think, what was this? The, now, this whole thing, how'd your little uh, trend go about the Sagarin ratings? How, how did it go? One on one. So Miami covered um, mm-hmm. easily. And Tampa, well, not so good. But this week, somehow it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't it's make any sense. not predictive this week. Don't even look at it. But yeah. Philly is one of the least, uh, or one of the easiest schedules. So is the Giants. <sighs> really? They were, uh, pre, they were preseason. I don't know what they were in I, the season. You were just talking about the way perceptions change to the Eagles. If you guys remember, at the beginning of the year, Scott was really high on the Eagles. Like, Eagles Super Bowl. Eagles Super Bowl futures. Yeah. This week he said, 49ers are going to beat the Eagles." Like he, he's, he's not even sure they're going to get there. Yeah, he's he's backed off the Eagles big time based on the last few weeks. I tell you this, I don't know how to play this. I think the odds of the Giants winning this game are much higher than a typical seven so and a half. Don't I like agree the with teaser. that. I I actually don't. You want to book the teasers? Not particularly. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, but how many points? Okay. Zero. I know the difference. How many points each side? The home team and the away team. Gotcha. <laughs> this guy. But McKenzie puts up, and then he says in 11 games. Why would it be 11 games? It's 111 games. Indeed. <laughs> you should interrupt more. All right. Uh, would that to... would that make the, the plus 290 appealing to you as a, an underdog? But I, I – a little bit. And here's why. It feels like I'm backtracking on Philly, and I am, but I, I don't think I can move that far from thinking they were like a Super Bowl favor. Kind of, what's the line going to be? With, let's say both teams hit the number, all right? So uh, Philly wins by seven or eight, and you know San Fran wins by three or four. Pick. I think so too. So Philly, is, so it's going to be San, San Fran the better team. Yeah. Does that change draft or more than you'd think if it ends up being the San Fran defense returns a pick six or something and Purdy plays bad? Because I think Purdy's play would have more to do with next one game. I agree. That because Purdy's play the is— Sentiment is, would change. Well, I, I, and I'm not just sentiment, but I think the wise guys don't have a good grasp for how good Purdy is. Look, we AJ has Low like Nutton's 600th best player in the NFL. You yeah. know, I, I think what, what you whatever. just said is really smart. Like as soon as Brock Purdy has a bad game— People will say, I told you so. He's a backup quarterback. What did you expect? Especially if they advance, because then they mm-hmm. can have both of them. Yep. And, and I think it's fair because, Fez, you guys are all making good points. Is It's only one of six games or whatever, or one of seven, I guess it would be. Or Much whatever. bigger sample size. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do we got those numbers yet, McKenzie? Yes. Home teams in two, since 2012 have scored 2,908 points in 111 games. I have an idea on the next one. Yeah. Guess. Yeah. Let's see how close you can get. It's going to be close to 2,908. Go ahead, McKenzie. No, because they're 4.7 point favorites in every game. Oh, the ATS oh. margin. Oh, I screwed that up, didn't <laughs> I? You're right. 
I guess the points don't really matter, do they? How would I present this then? It's not near as good. All right, we could say just zero points. I think zero point zero zero ATS margin is pretty amazing. You know what it could be? What is, what is the second number? The home team. McKenzie? The, the points for and against? Yeah. A road, road teams have scored 23,384. Okay. So you know what way I can present this? I'll go um, home team score 2908. Road teams have scored 2384. The sp combined spread in that game, the difference, ATS margin. Zero. Yeah. Point. That's pretty Zero. good. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can even put the GIF of a. Uh, How many Twitter followers do you have? Not as many as you. <laughs> no, go ahead. We have the GIF of the Dean going 0, 0.0. Yeah, I don't do GIFs. Why not? Because they're called GIFs. Now, oh. there's a big debate. There's a long-standing mm. debate about that. I think they're cheesy. Okay. You know, the worst thing to ever try to be is, like, younger than you are. You ever see those dudes? They got bleached teeth, hair implants. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I got a couple bottles in my hair, typically. No, not right not now. The, no, well, we're not talking about dyed hair. Okay. We're talking about, you know, it, <laughs> there's no reason not to look as reasonably good as you can. But if you try to look at an age you're not, that look. Like, mm -hmm. like you ever see those 35-year-olds wearing, like, uh, like jerseys even? I think if you're a hardcore fan, I can appreciate that, actually. But, you know, the, the, the guys that try, or girls, or women. The 64-year-old driving the convertible. Yeah. You know, it looks all awkward. Yeah. But you know what's funny? They probably do get hotter girls than... I, for, based upon the data that I see, I would agree. <laughs> but but is there... <laughs> we finally got our guest live. We got a guest with us. He's laughing. He drives a convertible. That's why he's Oh, laughing. shut up. Oh, I thought you were being serious. That would have been good. <laughs> yeah. When I, no, no. when I live in Iowa, I want to make sure I got a convertible to take advantage of those beautiful February days. Can I tell a story quickly? Yes. When I was 22 years old, oh lord, I, I bought my dream car. Okay, and it I, was it, let me guess the Dukes of Hazard car. No, okay, <laughs> it was a 1969 Cadillac DeVille convertible, and I found the one that I wanted. It was turquoise with white leather interior. It was how much time did you spend looking for it? Uh, probably six months. Okay, it was in Des Moines, Iowa. So I bought it. I took a Greyhound bus. <laughs> from Lafayette, Louisiana, where I lived at the time, <sighs> to Des Moines in February. When I got there, <laughs> the guy says, there's one thing I forgot to tell you about the car. <laughs> the convertible top is stuck down right now. It's February. I drove from Iowa. Hold on, I, I got an idea. <laughs> I have an idea. Next stop, Vegas, please. No, I drove uh, back to Louisiana and froze my... I looked like Jack Nicholson at the end of Shining, just frozen. Like, and how long did it take to get it fixed? Yeah, I mean, I, I, had, I got it fixed when I got back to Louisiana. How long did it take to get it fixed? Oh, two weeks. The irony is in Planes, Trains, and, and Automobiles, John Candy movie, they get stuck in Des Moines, Iowa, and the same thing happens, that they get, they, they, they get transported in the outside at one degrees. Okay, I'm reconsidering if we edit this podcast. I'm going <laughs> to let this go. No, I liked it. It wasn't the time. Okay. But it was a good story. We were talking about convertibles. He's from Iowa. What's Iowa got to do with it? He's a guy who lives in Iowa. With so why would he have a convertible? That's where I picked it up. You picked it up in Iowa? Yeah. Des Moines. Why would you go to Des Moines? That's where the car was. There's not a lot There's of There's not a lot of 69 Cadillac DeVille's hanging around Lafayette, but hold Louisiana. hold on a second. If you're going—I didn't listen to the story, really. But if you're going— But if you're going— <laughs> But if you're going all the way across the country, why not get one with the thing working? I thought it was working until I got. That's when I got there. 
and I was ready to buy the car. He said, there's one thing I forgot to tell you about the car. Is this why you started MMA fighting so you could handle these kind of situations? Maybe you should have asked him that the convertible was, was— You assume. All right. I mean, I got to tell you this. He took you. He gave me 2K off. Now, how much was this car? 22. 24, 20, yeah. 25,000. It's a nice car. 50 years ago. I, I'm, this is tw- <laughs> 20 years ago. You said 67. No, it's a 69 car. Uh, I, I'm confused. I was 22 <laughs> years old. I don't, the number, let me just say this. The numbers don't make sense. All right. <laughs> I think we now know you're in your 50s. And the numbers don't make sense on this Giants Philly oh, for the I'm season. Sorry. I'm sorry, Steve. We don't have time for my plane, trains, and automobile joke. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead, buddy. All right. The numbers don't make sense on this game, but but like you said, RJ, this it all comes down to do you, do you throw the body of work out out the window, or do you just say, hey, Philly's been way better over the course of the season, and at some point that has to come back to fruition, right? Well, yes. Thank you for that. <laughs> now, here's the thing, though. Steve loses his right to move us along. When you've had more show-stopping stories in the last month, I mean, it's been like people going, when's he going to make a point here? And then it's like, there isn't one. Right or wrong, AJ? I'm sorry I told that story. Right? No, no, I'm talking about Fez. Fez has done that a lot lately. That's why I didn't think he'd, be, he'd than, give me too more, much grief. More than ever. I mean, like probably triple as much as a year ago. Can we agree? I've told the least amount of personal yes, stories I here. know, and I see why now. But here's my question. How many more has Fez told in the last month than the say prior month, like a year ago? It's ran? like four to one over yeah, his typical. Exactly. And now you don't get a right to say, it's time to move on. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but you have two choices, and I have one I wish you'd take. Less stories, and then you can move us along. There will I... be no more. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just be more selective. Okay. Like, but he goes planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> you know what we should do? We should just have move all of this to the back. No, this wasn't really long. This is one of those horrible kind of mid-three-minute. Well, no, it's more than three. We're moving this to the back. This is horrible? Yeah. All right. It, you know, it's not... If the show generally moved at a fast pace. Okay. I think that's the key. I agree with you. Yeah. I think a digression here or there is good. And I think it was a good story. There's a good, And you know what? If that goes off to some great conversation, I like it. If people can't deal. But I think what's happened is Fez, someone told Fez he's not getting enough mic time. He said, I can tell stories too. I think mine just missed the mark no, for yours Fez. was fine. It was too many details. Okay. In fact, let's do this. We're moving it to the back. So I'm going to uh, you give me that story again, and then I'm going to ex- tell you how you should have told it. Okay. So give me the facts. I bought a car, okay. my dream car. What year was this? That I bought it? Uh, yeah. What year was this we're talking was about? Two, I was, this was the year 2002. All right. How old were you? 22 years old. Okay. Now, this is great. Everyone's saying, how's RJ going to do this? Now, the car was a 69? Yep, 69. And a Coupe DeVille? Cadillac DeVille convertible. Now why did you like that car? I don't know. I do. I like you just it. like I like the way it now, looks. Were you someone that like... had a 472 cubic inch engine? It was it's beautiful. It's right. a beautiful car. Did you have like Playboys and then a car magazines like stacked next to each no, other? No, I had neither. No Playboys. Not by not by 02. Porn going I, on yeah, with, the oh. internet in 2002. And how old you were 22? Yeah. You were just out of the service? Yeah, I was okay. working offshore. So you had a little bit of money. And then offshore was yeah, making I, money. I, had a, I was working six weeks on and had two weeks off, so I had more money than what I knew what to do with. Exactly. You thought no investments? No. Invest right. in my Screw dream it. car. Screw that. All right. Okay. And then you were searching in your off time alone. Were you dating anyone? No. Okay, so alone. Uh-huh. Were you buying prostitutes? No. 
Okay. Yes, prostitute. Okay. All right. And how did you look? Was the internet the internet. way? Internet. You just surfed. Yep. How many different places did you call? Like, where there was some communication? Probably five or six. All right. And you finally found it. Found the one I wanted. In Ames, Iowa. It's Des Moines, Iowa. Des Moines. Where's that at? Is uh, it in Iowa? It's in Iowa. I is don't know. Is it the where. capital? It is. Yeah. All right. Obviously. How far from Des Moines do you live? 30 miles. Oh, so close. It's like you can go in for dinner if you want to or whatever. Okay, that's wild. I didn't even know that was the capital. Did you? I'm taking full blame for this transgression and for There's no close. transgression. We're getting closer to 9 o'clock. Oh, that's true. I'm sorry. All right, you know, here's what we're And that's, I'm to blame. No, you're not, because we knew you were. You never have a deadline. It's not your fault. Um, right, is there anything else that matters? The, the oh, you got there. Didn't How work. much did it cost? 25 k ish. Oh, my God. Okay. And then he said, I'll give you, make it 23. How much did it cost to get it fixed? 500 bucks. All right. And you had to drive all the way back. Yeah. What happens if it rained? It did. <laughs> now you left, you left that out. You just had that joke. I was joke trying to make it you. succinct. No, you weren't. All right. But Dude, I, when it rained, I stopped and I pulled undercover. I wasn't going to let it get raining. It was white leather. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to stop this time shift back to where we were. Then Fez goes, and then I'm going to finish this story that we'll just tap tap right into it. Okay, because there's a good anecdote about the rain. There's no more talk you should be. Oh, you can tell. Give me that now. Eventually, that car got flooded in a hurricane. But, oh, but way after. Way after. Did you have the top down? The top got ripped off from the hurricane. <laughs> that, boy, you didn't tell this story well at all. There was this literally, is, there was you actually have a, a story here. There was literally a fish inside the car when I got to it. Too much detail. Okay. No, I, I, I got, <laughs> I got how to tell this story. I'm gonna have music and everything. All right, and we don't even have to tease because it's gonna happen. Right? All right, and we're back. Time shift now. It is now like an hour later. Now you might think, have I been figuring out how to tell this story of AJ and somehow redeeming it? No, no. We've been talking <laughs> some politics. And we got it. Boy, we're getting a lot of visitors these days. I like it, especially when they're hardcore fans. I mean, when they start coming for the, the break room, that's where I end it. <laughs> <laughs> David from Iowa, a corporate attorney, and uh, he very mild mannered. And I was thinking, you know, farmer maybe from Iowa, very quiet, like no corporate attorney. And it's like, he, he, and let's just say this some, some hardcore cases, right? Absolutely. But now, very. But here's the thing, I want AJ to know how bad his story was. So now that we've time shifted, Fez is off to his little appointment. We figured David will bring some perspective. No, some truth to the matter. Because people are thinking RJ's being hard on AJ just mm -hmm. because it's easy or something. Yeah, you, you know? never do that. No. And <laughs> so, David, how bad on a scale? One, I'll let you forget scales. In your own words, how bored were you? How bad was his story about the Coupe de Ville? I thought it was a great story, especially well, since Well, listen, it, it was nice to have you visit. <laughs> <laughs> now, go ahead. Go. Since it involved Des Moines, Iowa, and oh, the cold. And so you were biased. Oh, well, maybe well, That's why I told the story. I, now, can you fairly judge his original story versus what I'm going to do now is say the way he could have told the story? No, I still like the stories from... Yeah, you can like it, but you can think mine's going to be better, right? It's uh, all relative. Maybe. You don't think? You think it's unlikely. <laughs> but but can you promise under oath <laughs> and swear to God is that you'll tell the truth about which story you think is better? I definitely will. All right. You promise? I all promise. Right. Okay. Now, AJ, you can't interrupt. Okay. 
And I'm going to have some sound effects. All right. Is that okay? I didn't have sound effects, but I guess you have the advantage. I, I have the advantage. Yes, you know that, don't you? No, do you, you don't have the right? Did we tell you you couldn't use sound effects? No. Then why didn't you have them? Your own laziness? It must have been it. <laughs> All right. Imagine I pulled up sound effects every time I wanted to tell a story. If they made the story better, I don't be think, I think that lasts about that long. <laughs> so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this in first person. So I'm AJ, a.k.a. Arthur. <laughs> you know, Fonzie's name was Arthur. Yeah. Is that why you're named Arthur? No. My dad's named Arthur, so I was named after. Well, I was born on his birthday, so I'm a junior. All right. Enough of your stories. It's my All right, story. Your turn. Oh, you're AJ Jr. Mm -hmm. Just like on The Sopranos. Mm -hmm. Oh, I see the connections now. All right. First person, here's the story. <clears throat> I was 22, just out of the service. And let's be candid. I didn't have much to do with my time. I hadn't met my wife yet. I was working... On the docks, but not the do <laughs> uh, What do you call that? Working on an offshore oil rig. Oil rigs yeah. for Ewing Oil. And I had a bunch of money. I was making so much money, I didn't know what to do with it. So I figured, how about a car? Because that will help me get the girlfriend. So in a way, I wouldn't be so lonely and have so much time. So it all was going to work. So I looked and looked and looked and looked. And finally, in Iowa, I found this car, a 69 Cadillac DeVille. It was my dream car. It looks kind of like a boat, but no big deal. It was my dream car. This is horrible. I can't even make this story work. I had sound effects and everything. Wait. And then the, he said, son, I got one thing to tell you. I got some good news and I got some bad news. All right, this is working now. The good news is I got the car. The bad news is it doesn't have a roof. And... And I said, yes, sir. How much do I pay? <laughs> Where do I sign? <laughs> like, you didn't think to, like, toughen up and, 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 and say, dude, you asked me over. I came all the way up from Louisiana. Yeah, what would you have done? I would have had my lawyer call him immediately. Uh, like, hey, I was 22. <laughs> I'd, I have Dave, have I'd have Dave jump on it right I away. wish I'd known Dave was there in Des Moines. I would have called he him. He would have said, hey, you want to. Now, the car cost 25000 Yeah. So you had to get it for half price. Because the convertible top wasn't working? It does. It means it, the car doesn't work if it doesn't have a roof. <laughs> right or wrong? I mean, it worked. It got home. Did you think about staying there and getting it fixed? No. Why not? I had to get back to work. Without a roof. So you're driving. Did you look at a look-ahead weather forecast? No. <laughs> Why would I have? I, I didn't. I, until I got there, I assumed. But, but what I'm saying is from there, you could. The Internet was happening in 2002. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could have said, what, what path should I take that's going to avoid um, waterfall or uh, rainfall? You know, that's a brilliant idea. You just thought, you know, he's right. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple different ways you could have went. I mean, you'd be surprised how few highways there are through the middle of Arkansas. But would you rather drive on a highway in the rain with no roof or back roads without rain? All I did was when it was raining, I pulled into a gas station and just parked. And then when it stopped raining, I would go. So would the car be getting like power? No, I didn't get any rain in it. How not? Because I wouldn't I wouldn't drive it when you, it was raining. You, but what? But I was pulling under, under cover. Under cover? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just stay undercover until. But the problem was the cold. I mean, that was that was the thing you couldn't avoid. And did you, did you get like a scarf? 
Yes. I didn't have a scarf. I used like a, a sweater wrapped around my face. This is like the surprise. This is like the Pine Barrens. Because like, <laughs> I knew Iowa was going to be cold, but in my head, I didn't think about Missouri and Arkansas being all that cold. Arkansas, it's mountains. I didn't realize. Like, You're like going, it's like, who it's knew? Like, it's like the beginning of The Shining. You're going up and along. Yes. It was miserable. Miserable. How many times did you have to stop? Four, probably. <laughs> and how long did it rain? I mean, the longest was probably two hours. It rained. Oh, if he said two days, I was going to just no, last. No, I, mean, I, I stopped for two hours and just sat there. Did like, it snow anywhere? No. There was some sleet. <laughs> Pouting your eyes? Yeah. Did you have goggles? I had sunglasses. <laughs> I looked like an idiot, too. Like, I definitely, it's like the kind of day, it's overcast. You definitely wouldn't need, and people are looking at you like you're such an asshole driving with your top down when it's like yeah, but 30 they saw, degrees. They saw a sweater around your head. And they yeah. had to think you were deranged. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> did you, and I'm being honest here. Did you cry at any point? Did you just break no. down? It? You know, sometimes you get so frustrated, you want to cry. Dave, you've had those moments, right? Now, maybe I would. But then I was hardened. Like, I'd been in the Army for four years. Like, I'd slept in way worse weather, and it wasn't that big of a deal. Now, I would <laughs> what do you survive mean? it. Wait, wait, wait. It wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, it sucked, but it was, like... Bad weather's bad weather. Listen, the fact that you took that car with a smile, you weren't that hard. I, I got I got 2K knocked off of it. 2K? Yeah, for a $500 fix. An... I got a house without a roof. I guess, how about, I'm going to deduct 8%. <laughs> what do you think? You should have gotten 2K off just as a starting point. Did you negotiate the price before you went? Yeah. I don't think you. I saw your eyes darting. You no, did. we did. Like we agreed was, on the what price. What was the asking price? It was twenty five k. So you said I negotiated. He asked twenty five. Oh no, I paid twenty. We, we decided. On, I think I worked from like twenty seven or something like that. Not much. Then. Not much. He knew he had one on the line. Yeah. Did you realize? I mean, it had like it, this is a nineteen sixty nine that had like eleven thousand miles on it. This is a beautiful car. Didn't you ask, you know when there's a line and we say that doesn't smell right? Mm -hmm. It sounds like you should have known something was wrong. Probably right. Let me ask you this. Did the roof break in the time from when you made the deal to when you drove up there? I'm guessing not, no. <laughs> so he and he knew he, you were driving and up. And boy, it would have been awesome if he would have said, like, if the roof would have been stuck up and he had said, hey, the, the mechanism that takes the roof up and down, it's stuck. You can't put it down right now. Okay, no big, I honestly, I wouldn't, I, I would have said, how much is that to fix? 500 bucks? I'll t take 500 bucks off. Let's Did he offer to fix it there? No. Why not? Did he have a shop? No. So it was just, was it a guy? It was a guy. Oh, my God. I got This guy, Dave, let's be honest, you've been in a lot of negotiations. Yes. This guy had to be a stone-cold guy to think he comes up, this army dude comes up 6'3 or whatever, and he knows he's been lying to him. He says, looks him in the eye and says, I'll knock off 500. I mean, like... He he was he a big tough guy? No. Oh my! I bet he had I bet he had snipers around in case. You, <laughs> I mean, you could have got. How much could you have gotten that car for? Oh, twenty one. Easy. <laughs> that would have been the starting point. I I, I was twenty two years old. I wasn't as uh, worldly. I, I would have had him if I was negotiating that deal. He'd be driving you. I don't even know how to do it. Could, could you put a tarp over it? I mean, I, could, I couldn't have drove with a tarp. Like Why the, not? It would have been whipping around. I mean, But you could have had it airtight, masking tape. I don't, I don't think so, no. 
I'd rather just pull over when it rains than that. Are you embarrassed by this story at this point? You thought you had a good story, but no, now I'm not embarrassed. I mean, it's a it's a funny story. Did you hate the guy? Yeah. Did you want him to be? In, like, would you have punched him if he could have got away? Yeah. With and I was thinking about like how he's probably warm. He's probably got a fire going at his house. And like I didn't hate it, like so. My, and my plan was I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna stop halfway, spend a night, and then get home. But because of my delays, the very stocks for 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 cover. Yeah, I couldn't stop. So I was having to like kind of nap while I was undercover. And I had to I was like, well, I gotta skip on my hotel because I gotta make up this time. So it was like uh it, it was I was not in a good mood. I tell you, if you would have got arrested as a vagrant like Stallone in Rambo One, when you were sleeping under like an overpass. That, that would have been funny. That would have been great. We need you to get out of this town. What, what do you mean, get out of this town? <laughs> I'm served out of my country. country. <laughs> oh, then they're shaving you with the yeah. razors? <laughs> like a straight blade? Uh, if you haven't seen Rambo 1 for a while. What's wrong with you? Let's be honest. Early on with your time here, I said how great Rambo 1 was. You were skeptical. Yeah, I didn't think it was like a great movie. And you rewatched it. Yeah. How good is it? It's good. It's good. Yeah. You, when's that time you saw Rambo? One day. Uh, been a few years, but I love it. Great movie. Oh, it is. It, it's like a it's like almost like a French avant garde movie, but with fighting and death. My son was like, I can't. I thought this was a war movie. And I was like, Hold It's kind of marketed as a war movie. There's just never an actual war that like that's happening at the moment. The like, war was in his mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was like the great, it's one of my favorite lines. And I actually have it here. I, I mean, this is apropos. This is the part of Rambo that's the key. Copy leader to identify Baker T. Rambo, Mesner, Ortega, Coletta, Jorgensen, Danforth, Barry, Krakauer. Confirmed. Okay, so here's the scene Rambo's. What would you say? Black, not black, off the grid? Yeah. He's, he's not communicating. He's dark, I think is yep. the way you say. You're, he's dark. Well, they bring in his commander, Troutman, right? And how does he go at him? He doesn't say, hey, Rambo, where are you? He says, I'm going to call back in his mind to when we were fighting. Yep. And he does that call. And Rambo's listening to the radio, eating beef jerky. He, I think he killed something and was cooking it up right there in the, in the cave with the rats, yeah. remember? And he's listening. He's not responding. But then he hears that. And then you hear him fumbling for the CB, and he says, they're all dead, sir. And they go, no, no, Jurgensen made it. Jurgensen made it. He goes, got killed in Nam, didn't even know it. Ooh, Agent Orange, when yeah. he came back. That, we remember that was the yeah. first, that was, I mean, it's like, how great is that? Yeah. And I mean, this is what, 82 he made this. Yeah. So the whole, the Vietnam thing, I mean, you're a little older, Dave, is there was a real disdain for the soldiers in some quarters, right, after the war. I mean, they would be getting spit on. I'm not saying everyone, but I would say of all of our war veterans, by far the most disrespected in, in this century or in the last hundred years, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And give Stallone credit. He's coming out pro-soldier in a time when it wasn't as popular. Yeah. So, but just the idea of... It's funny, uh, a couple years ago uh, on Straight Out of Vegas AM, or no, Straight Out of Vegas, not AM, um, I was talking, it was a memorial, I guess it, I, I shouldn't mix these up. Memorial Day is for those that Pat died, right? And then Veterans Day is just for all veterans. Yeah. 
Okay. And I think it, it was Memorial Day, and we were talking about how at the time, and it was two years ago, that 70% of every person that's ever served in Vietnam was already dead. So it's like, you know, whatever... Uh, whatever kind of reversal that there would be of like, thank you, you know, for the services, it became a very apt phrase. A lot of them, you know, now, I don't know if it's 75, 80%. I mean, the years keep passing. To me, that's really sad because they probably had, I don't want to say the toughest fight, but it just seems like there was more hand to hand in Vietnam than there was in any other. Like my grandfather was in WW2 and he was an artillery guy, shot those big, long, that he would shoot like a mile or two away. But he wasn't, you know, he wasn't necessarily doing hand to hand. Yeah. And I'm not saying that fighting doesn't matter. I'm just saying, I mean, you were in the service uh, for year, you know, AJ, and then you were, uh, no, you were tra you train, you were a trainer for what exactly? I was in the infantry, so I, I was, I was a, uh, I was heavy weapons infantry when I started. And and then then you were you wanted to be part of the, the Rangers, which is like that's the special forces. Yeah. Well, it's, it's similar. Yeah. yeah. And then, but they say there's rain. I mean, don't they like carry tree trunks around? Like yeah. you hear those, yeah. And um, and then you hurt your foot really bad yep. at airborne school. And then so you they, you became a trainer. Yeah. And um, like to me, you under and obviously you would talk to guys that came back. And I mean, it seems like the Iraq and, and Afghanistan. And again, this is from the outside. There was a different type of pressure and intent because at, at any time there could be an IUD yep. or whatever. Is that what they are? IUD. Is that how you say that? Those IEDs. IEDs. And um, and I'm not trying to diminish any war, but, I mean, to me, those the vets had a tough fight. You know, it was in the jungle. And they come back with getting spit on. Not everyone. Right. But, boy, to net, and then to see, I mean, I'm not, I didn't talk to my my dad was in well he was a navy guy so he was he was during the vietnam conflict but he wasn't fighting he my grandfather who was in the infantry he used to joke he goes you guys would take us over and drop us off and go back home that was you know <laughs> but i think in ww2 it was you know obviously yeah you, you know, those navy people had a lot of fights themselves but anyway i don't know i i hate when someone and then you think you add in the whole mia pow thing where for a long time it was like we didn't know, you know, how many people were over there, how many people we left over there, and I don't know if it's ever been proven, but boy, it seems like where would that come from if it wasn't the case? You know, I mean, there's no other war that we think there's POWs that were left over. No. There. So I mean, was that by the time you were in the service, that was so long after? Were you even was that? I didn't even consider. It. Yeah, it was like back then there was a lot of patches with that, like people yeah. with army jackets would have. Yeah, you know, it's just if we know anything, this country, in my opinion, tries to do right most of the time. But boy, if they if we think it's in our best interest, it seems like there's nothing we won't do. You know, and maybe that's what maybe that's what Americans want because they don't want to do it, but they want the result of it. I don't know, but I don't think turning on our own can any in any way can be the no. way, you know. And yeah, I, I, I and again, I don't think. There was a lot of listeners are going to say I I was pro and it's not even about being pro war. I mean I don't know how many people that were pro war at the end of the Vietnam conflict. It didn't feel like it was coming to anything. And you also have to remember like most people who served in Vietnam didn't want to. They didn't like like a lot. No, there was a draft. You're right. Yeah, they, they got put into it. And like when I joined the military, we weren't at we weren't in a conflict. There wasn't by a the draft time, specifically. By too. the time I left. There was a major conflict. So it was if if you're saying, Oh, I can't believe you're a part of that, well, like 
it's not like I had a choice. It's, it's not like you could just say, hey, uh, Army, I didn't sign up for this wartime stuff. I'm out of here. It's, that's not the way it works. You make a great point. And, I mean, it's from the inside. But, I mean, if you think about it, it's a war that was a tough one to fight. It was all draftees. Or not all, but it was, Mostly, it was a big yeah. chunk of the draft. And let's be candid. The George W. Bushes and not being political, the Bill Clintons, they weren't fighting. Yep. However, in the Donald Trump, whatever side you want to be on, they weren't fighting. The poor people, or at least let's just say the non-rich were fighting. And then to say with the Pentagon Papers and all that stuff to come out that we knew we weren't going to win for like five years and we kept fighting to hold the line. And I'm not sure if that's right or wrong, because in a way you could say if a couple other countries didn't go communist, maybe the people that died in Nam saved millions of lives because maybe a couple countries would have fallen and 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 it could have been like Russia again or, you know, like those real atrocities where gulags. But if that's the case, at least the potential, then we should celebrate that, that, that they held the line. Yeah. But when you're getting lied to from your leaders and the poor are fighting and then they come back and they're getting spit on. And then they're having emotional problems, mental problems, and the veteran services. I mean, I know Trump tried to fix it. I don't I don't know. I mean, I just know it's not what they should. If we have money for what we have money for, it seems like the vets should have good health care. Um, is that crazy? I don't think what do you so. Think? You're on, in on it with Dave? Yep, I'm, I agree. You want to run for Senate in Iowa? No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so to finish the story. How do we even get on that? Oh, Rambo. Rambo. But how do we get on Rambo? Oh, well, you should have been kicking ass. And, oh, you, no. Remember Rambo. I was hiding under oh, the under thing. The they were like, what if they kicked me out of there as a vagrant? Yeah, so yeah. you finally get home. Finally get home. And you enter an empty house. Yeah. An empty apartment. But I, I mean, a I, hovel. Wasn't, I wasn't lonely. You asked if I had a I asked how much the prostitutes cost. No. I mean, I was a, <laughs> a young, striving. Oh, yeah. I had money. I was like, I, I had my fun. All right. So, and you thought the car was going to juice that up. I didn't really think of it that way, and I—I I mean, I had a tr I had a truck at the time too that was it did all right. When you were entering city limits, what city were you returning to? Lafayette, Louisiana. All right. Were you worried that someone would see you? <laughs> no, I didn't know anybody top anyway. The top down. It wasn't cold in Lafayette. It was fine. It looked fine. So you were like, yeah. Okay. I mean, I I was thought out at least. All right. So you get home. Now, this could be the end of the story, but I'm interested. How long did you have the car? A little over a year. Okay, so you had, I mean, you paid 22, 23. I paid 23 for it. How much did you sell for? I did not sell it. But you only had it for a year. Yeah. You gave it to someone. No. What happened? It got totaled. <laughs> totaled? By like a drunk driver? No. What happened? So I was working offshore <laughs> and You're on the rig. On the rig. And when you go out there, you park at the heliport and they fly you out on a helicopter. Well, that must, they must be making a lot of money to fly everyone out. Yeah. So I was out there for six weeks. And during the six weeks I was out there, <laughs> Hurricane Ivan came along and ravaged the southern coast. And now, where was your car parked? <laughs> at the heliport. Okay. Oh, okay. When, was it covered? Was it covered? No. <laughs> no. Uh, so, of course. Me having a convertible and Hurricane Ivan having winds up to like 130 miles an hour. But you let the top down. The top, no, the top was up. <laughs> but the top, the winds ripped the the entire like frame off and flew it like a, <laughs> half a mile down the road. You were used to that. My car was literally flooded. Like it was f full of water with a fish, like a red snapper. <laughs> 
was in my car. Like, that's not a joke. There was a full size, like, a fish bigger than my arm was in my, like, swimming in my car. It was his home. Yeah. Did you disturb him? So, yeah, I just went out of the car. <laughs> so, so did, did, insurance, did yes. insurance cover it? Yeah, insurance covered it. More than 23? No. It, <laughs> it covered, I, I want to say it gave me 20. Oh. Yeah. It was, it was, Dave, I, I'm going to let you have the closing word on this one. What do you think? Great story. Is it, something, it. is it something you would laugh at someone's oh. misfortune of? That's He's terrible, laughing. Right? He's no. chuckling. It's still a good story. Oh, yeah. oh you're Makes smiling. Be honest. It's funny. It is. He feels ter- but he feels terrible for me. That no, it no, no, no. Well, maybe, maybe a little. <laughs> <laughs> so did, what did you drive after that? Oh, my truck. And you've had the same one ever since? Oh, no, no. But, I mean, it's one of many trucks that I've had in my life. So, guys, let's be honest. How much better? Me getting involved. How much better? Dave, how much better? Uh, definitely was better. But we didn't have time for that during, like, I would say, I said, can I tell gotta, a quick story? Why tell, but it wasn't a quick story. I don't do my Vietnam talk in the middle I of know, a show. I know, but we knew Fez had a deadline tonight. So why not wait till when we had time? Time and place. Yeah. I, right. I've taught you. Are you going to learn, though? Probably not. You never bought another convertible? I've you learned not. that. That's true. Talk to you next week.